But of course, I laugh at my jokes. Someone has to. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Sneaky Dragon, episode 354. I'm Ian Boothby. And I'm David Edrick. Yeah, there we go. So we've made it to 354. You said it couldn't uh, be done? Yes. You said only, yeah, everyone said you could make it to <laughs> All 753, those comments we kept getting. And 53, mm-hmm. but uh, 754. I'd like to see that. Yes. And we said to them, it's an audio podcast. You won't see it. You won't see it. You won't see us coming. That's right. And you don't want to. Nope. Uh, we're uh, going to be doing the same stuff we normally do. So if you like this type of thing, keep listening. And if you don't, <laughs> we haven't fixed the mistakes. Uh, it's just going to keep going. There you go. Is that uh, an apology? Sure. It's okay. uh, Well, listen, listen, you know it's a Canadian podcast, so yes. everything we say is either an overt or a subtextual apology. Sure. Everything everything has a little sorry uh, buried deep inside. That's true. Yeah. You know what? Today on my way here, mm-hmm. I drove through our, our old neighborhood, which I haven't done for a while. Now, when you say our old neighborhood, are you talking on North Delta? Yes. Oh, very good. Yes, I had to, uh, as I, I was mentioning to you earlier, I had to go pick up my car, which was repaired. Yeah, Dave and I are old high school chums. Yeah. We met when we were both lads at Degrassi Junior High. Degrassi. I believe you ended up in a wheelchair because you went drunk driving and I got pregnant. Am I just remembering a show? I think you might. <laughs> you might be remembering a show, although I do have a fabulous rap career that seems to have sprung out of the my time on the show. Here's a weird side note. Sure. I'm friends with uh, a woman. Who was on the show? Oh yeah, she was a janitor on the show. Okay, uh, she was a bit of a gruff janitor. Sure. And one episode, uh, the basement blows up and she dies. Really? Yeah. She's now a very good uh, writer, uh, both of television huh. and also of books. Was Susan could, Nielsen? Can I ask you a question? Was it someone uh, on PCP who turned on the furnace? Uh, I think it was uh, Canna Crank, the Canadian version of Crank. <laughs> the Canadian version of Crank. Yeah. Cannot crank. Cannot crank. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but you drove through the old neighborhood. Yeah, I drove through the old neighborhood today, so it was kind of it was kind of exciting for did me. Did you yell at people to get out of your house? I did not. Right. I did not go through that part of the old neighborhood. I didn't drive past my house. Did you ever have to break into your own house? Oh, because yes. you did not have keys. Yep. Oh, okay. It was very easy to do. Very easy to do because I very rarely uh, closed, or if I closed it, very rarely locked my weird. My room was weird because it had a patio outside of our bed. My brother and my bedrooms, had a, we shared a patio. Mm-hmm. And we both had patio doors that were our windows for our rooms. And so I would very rarely lock it entirely because I liked my room cold Yeah. when I was younger, before I developed old age. And uh, so I would always leave my door open a, jar, a little crack. It was when is my door not a door when it's a jar. Mm-hmm. And so if you, cli- if you clim- clambered up the side of the house using the doorknob on, on the garage door... Uh, the door to the garage as as your uh, as your start clamber. You could start to cl- you could clamber up, and that's how I get into the house. Very good. Did you consider breaking in just for fun because you knew how to do it? No, but I did that to my neighbor's house. I knew how to break into their house. So one time I, when they were away, I just broke into their house and sat and watched television. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I just thought this is nice. I'm all by myself. Uh huh. Just watching TV where I shouldn't be. Okay. I didn't do anything else. I didn't, like, you know, make a mess or steal food. You don't really or... have to. It's still creepy, right? Yeah, it is kind of creepy. Yeah. But it's kind of fun. Okay, good. Because they didn't know. And they I, I, uh, I had to break into my house a couple of times where I had to go get a ladder and go up the back window and uh, slide mm-hmm. it open. Sure. Hopefully it was uh, open. Yeah. look back on that now and go, hmm, that looks suspicious and none of the neighbors said anything. Well, but they must have recognized you. 
Okay, but even if they recognize me, when yeah. you see a youth, yes. uh, even if it's someone who uh, is in the house mm-hmm. uh, climbing in a window, yeah. you think, yeah, this might warrant a word of like, how's things going? <laughs> you need sense. a hand? What's what's up? Yeah. All right, but back to your story. So you're driving through the neighborhood. Yeah, it was just, no, it was just interesting because it was sort of one of those things where it's familiar yet alien because obviously it's been you know almost 30 years since yeah. we've lived there. I've, I've been there over time before since then, but... Uh, it's interesting because you're driving along and you're like, oh, they've torn down four houses and they're building uh, townhouses here. Interesting. That's happening in the corner of 116th and 72nd. So it's, yeah, it's just interesting. When I back, went back to my old Montreal neighborhood, mm-hmm. almost every business, I think I've talked about this on the show before, almost every business was now pet related. Wow. Like the old uh, typewriter store. Sure. Of course, that's going to be gone. Well, you would that's a that. pet supply store next to a vet, uh, next to something else pet related. And then like other strip mall businesses yeah, yeah. you know around where i'd go and do, like there was still the the one business where i bought my first comic book that was still okay. there it's under a different name but it was still a corner store sure that kind of thing but everything else pets 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 it was uh, it was weird it was like what's uh what's up with this very petty neighborhood and that but yet i didn't <laughs> see anyone walking a dog so it's kind of creepy and probably the start of a black mirror episode <laughs> It's funny, driving driving by myself, I didn't rant and rave. Maybe if my daughters were there, they could have filled out Dad's bingo card, and I would have complained about development. Uh, but I felt kind. I felt less. I felt less um, ownership there than I do of Aldergrove. Okay, where I've lived for, I've probably lived in Aldergrove longer than yeah. I probably lived in long, Aldergrove longer than I've lived anywhere else. Okay, so I have feel more ownership. And I also own something in Aldergrove. I own a house. By the way, those are sirens, so you know what you've got to do. Please take a drink. <clears throat> Plug your ears and tie yourself to a mast. Yes. That's what you do when you hear sirens. Yeah, wax, wax new, in the ears. It's our, it's our new... Yeah, that's what we say with our audio thing. podcast, yeah. is when you hear sirens, plug your ears. Plug your ears. Don't listen to anything. <laughs> tie yourself to a mast. Uh, I'm going to make buttons up for that. Uh, yeah, so just starting through, I was just kind of like, oh, things are changing. Hmm. Shrug. Yeah. Instead of feeling like all upset, like, because... You know, when we were younger, like when you went down 72nd Street, I was driving down. You know, you drove and you were looking down at Burns Bog. So you're seeing all this forest and and, and this area that was once a nature preserve before they decided to build the highway through it. And and now you drive down it and you're just looking. like Now it, now they've put in a overpass for the onto the freeway they put through the nature reserve. And so uh, it's just like, it's kind of gross looking because it's all like just highway you're just going right like through it's like the, the highway through town which yeah. is never like that before or for a long time and so yeah it's that was kind of ugly but it's not mine so i don't care whereas it's, things that are happening in aldergrove i'm like why are they doing this yeah i'm trying to think of something in north delta where i would like go by and go like oh how i missed that because it's all gone right like i go back to the uh, the old high school and it's so radically changed. Mm-hmm. You know, the, where the front yeah. was is now not there. Everything's sealed off, and it's all this right. and that and the other. And it's fine. To come in through the crawl space. I feel a bit like that about now, because um, uh, we're my wife and I are moving. Uh, we're uh, we're not apart. We're going together. We love <laughs> each other. How dare you judge us? Um, <laughs> but we got uh, we got an <laughs> eviction notice a little while ago, uh, and so we've got to move out of the place we're in yep. now. And we have found a place where you know I'm knocking on all the wood yep. that uh, looks fantastic. Sure, like it looks good. The I've, only problem, I've seen pictures. Yeah, and I agree. The only problem is uh, is it more money? <laughs> yeah, it is. So we gotta mm. <clears throat> really. Uh, lean on uh, getting more done. So we're going to do that. <laughs> or hopefully something kicks in. We'll see what's what. Yeah, yeah. But 
we're thinking about like uh, you know moving out of this neighborhood where I've lived in this neighborhood. Yes, for a long, uh, long time. Of uh, longer than anywhere else. I've moved. Yeah, I've had right. three places in this in this area, but I've been here for a mm-hmm. very very long time. Uh, and I, I hadn't thought like, of that, but you're right. Yeah. Uh, how do I feel about that? I was thinking like you know oh because I'm moving into a very different mm-hmm. part of town. That's 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 it's uh, I like I like the part of town I'm moving into, but I was like okay, so what am I gonna miss? And I thought like almost the things I'm gonna miss have already gone. Okay. You know, like the little corner diner, the, the uh, Reno's diner, that's gone, and now it's another thing. Mm. And like all these little restaurants and things that I liked uh, around here, they, for the most part, have caught on fire and have now become <laughs> condos. You know, and like, okay, you know, uh, how about that old 7-Eleven that we had in the corner? Oh, that's gone. It's now Snackland, which is, which is nice, but it's not a 7-Eleven. No. You know, it's just like all the things... All the things. The old yeah. sushi place I used to like, and now it's uh, Vietnamese sub It's Everything's changing anyway. Sure. So let's go somewhere else and see yeah. see what's what. That jukebox store is gone. Yeah, I know. That actually, here's the thing. I, I, I always used to think like when Reno's restaurant's gone, I'll know the writing's on the wall. It's about time to leave. Because yeah. that will mean the neighborhood is really totally sh- changing. Sure. As long as that can sure. hang on. Yeah. And also I was thinking the old porno theater across the way. Because uh, it's like, how can that exist? But if these, and also the jukebox place was one of those places too. Yeah. If an old jukebox place, yeah. a porno theater, <laughs> and this diner that has no business sure. existing can still survive in this neighborhood, I'll know like, okay, well things are still, and it's all changed. Yeah. So, okay. Even the fantastically named Wang on Blinds is closed. Oh, bless them. Right next to the porno theater. Right next to- <laughs> You get your Wang on, they get your Wang off. <laughs> That's great. That was beautiful, right? It was, it was poetry. Yeah, it was fantastic. Yeah. But anyway, so, uh, so yeah, we're moving into, I can say, the neighborhood, uh, a neighborhood called Hastings Sunrise. Yes. Uh, which, when people hear Hastings Street, they, ooh, yeah. but uh, this area, I've yeah. been in it. If you go farther down, it's Hastings Sunset. Yeah, and then uh, Blackest Midnight. <laughs> Just, oh dear. Um, but even that, I don't mind walking around there. It's still fun. Yeah. Uh, but I used to briefly uh, rent a place there uh, off a friend, and that was probably the poorest time of my life. I was so broke, oh, so yes. painfully broke. These yeah, were yeah. the days where it was like, I can have a Coke or an Apple, and I got to get things done today. So an Apple will sustain me, but a Coke will give me that quick energy. doesn't keep It'll the doctor get, away, though. It will not keep the doctor away. In fact, the doctor will be, uh, <laughs> I won't say he'll be knocking, uh, but you can go to the doctor because it's, sure. you know, that is somewhat free in Canada. Uh, but it was like, ugh, the poorest, poorest time, and it was like a bad, uh, so it's close to that. So there's a little bit of like, oh, I'm back in this area, but it is such a beautiful area now. And it's changed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Looking forward to actually moving in, not looking forward to the process of moving. Oh, really? I love moving. <laughs> I know you do, and it's so great that I've got a friend who actually likes it. Everyone else is just, oh, it's just so hard. <laughs> it's so hard. No, it's fine. Put stuff. Well, you say that, and yet you've lived in now a place and not moved for so long. Mm-hmm. So you know. But I've if, helped lots of people move. But if you had to move out of the house you're in now, would you go like, yay, or would you go like, ugh? Well, Just think of having to move okay. all your stuff out Whoops. of that house. Yeah, because we certainly accumulated a lot more things than when I first yeah. moved in there. But you know what? The things I like in life are easy to pack. Mm. I like CDs, books, and records. All things that are very easily, all very fit easily into boxes and fit neatly into boxes. Like CDs, if you get the right boxes, I wish I'd kept them all now, but they would probably be rotten. But when my when I first moved, my brother, um, who worked works as a mechanic, he would save me these boxes for they would keep the um, the antifreeze in, mm. and they could perfectly fit the CDs in, into them. They were like tight bricks, 
And so you could stack them like in amazingly high piles because there is no air to collapse the boxes. And they're great. So I'll have to make sure when I'm moving. I'm not going to say what specifically this is because I don't want to blow it because then people will say, "Uh ah, I should get these. But there is a medical procedure that people sometimes have to go through. Okay. Okay. Uh, And that medical procedure uh, involves there's 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 equipment that's uh, there and they have boxes for it. And this place where you go to get this thing done. Yeah. And you have to go every so often. Yep. So I'll say it's a repeated procedure. Okay. I'll say that much. Sure. Uh, they've got a lot of these boxes. Okay. And the boxes are beautiful for moving. Oh. So great. That's good. They are great boxes. Yeah. Uh, to the point where I can't actually say how what, what this is because people would go, oh, I should try those boxes. And once you do, all those boxes will be gone. <laughs> huh. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, that you as anyone who moves knows boxes are... The food, the food and bread of life. The problem with buying boxes from like the box place, like a moving place, like right. U-Haul or whatever, is they're ginormous and horrible. Because w- when you have ginormous boxes and you're filling them with books, they're then, too heavy. To then move. they're too heavy to move. Yeah, you just yeah. want small boxes. Yeah, you get Atlas you can... and Samson to help you out, or, or you're screwed. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm gonna get. Uh, luckily, I use Hercules. I'm gonna throw yeah. a plug in sure. for uh, the comic shop uh, that's uh, in this building, which is. Uh, you know, eighth dimension. Yes. Uh, and the fellow there, Nick, has uh, said he's going to give me some boxes for moving. So nice. thank you. Heads up to there. We've done shows there. He's yep. uh, it's a delightful comic shop. If you're looking for a comic in the Vancouver area, why not go to Eighth Dimension? I want to say Nick's. You know what? It should just be called Nick's Comic Shop, <laughs> Nick's. right? Doesn't that sound like yeah. better? Like doesn't seem mm. seem like that would be like the uh, you know the neighborhood comic shop. I'm yeah. gonna go to Nick's Comic Shop and get sure. some uh, comic books. You say that, but then when you're there and you're like, "Oh, do you have this comic?" He'll say, "You can get out of here, out the door, through the window." Oh so, wow, yeah, that's the problem. I think like that's how uh, that's how super Ka-ching. villains go out when uh, Spider-Man's fighting them. <laughs> out the window? Yeah, mm. throws them through the window. Ksh, big dramatic thing. I guess that's. Or true. you're walking by and you see a guy come flying out the window and like, "What's going?" on oh spider-man's in there he's taking care of business good for him then he goes i can't pay for this i ain't got no money oh spider-man i hope you get a job (laughs) off he goes we had a new uh, in our neighborhood they for years we've asked for a pool for a swimming pool we have we had a swimming pool in aldergrove but it was outdoor or indoor it was an outdoor pool and it was the size of this room no joke okay makes sense so it was a very small. I mean, it was it was a small. Like when we moved to Aldergrove, nine thousand people lived there. Right now, you got to say though, this room and four is, children. This room is the size of an Olympic sized pool. <laughs> yeah, that's wrong. What am I saying? That's the wrong way to say it, isn't it? It was a boat. And by the way, it's also it's it also like a bit the of a drag of thing to stay in the deep end of the room. Yeah, while I have to be in the shallow that's end right. of this podcast. Sorry, sorry. Well, I have to tread water the whole time. I know, and I'm looking down on you. <laughs> that's usual. Uh, the yeah, it was about it wasn't as big as a backyard pool, so maybe. 15 by 20 or something like that it wasn't like it wasn't a huge pool when you got like a bunch of kids in it and stuff like that it they were having fun but as an adult you didn't want to go in there with them you're like you guys you guys have a good time i don't want to get kicked in the face uh so for a long time aldergrove residents asked for a new for a pool i was a little indifferent to it because i feel like once you put a pool into your neighborhood you're really asking for it but uh we're really asking for it so they decided they're going to put in this pool so they put in this huge new community center in the space where there used to be a school uh, the Aldergrove Elementary which was shut down many years ago by the by the local government and so they put in this giant place and they put they made it into like an aquatic wonderland it has a outdoor pool mm-hmm. it's not an indoor pool we asked for an indoor pool they didn't want to give us an indoor pool we got an outdoor pool we have water slides a water park in it 
Apparently, it's very nice. I haven't gone. The reason I haven't gone is every day it's a two-hour lineup to get inside. Oh, wow. Because everyone from everywhere else is coming to the pool. Oh, all right. So we have all all the, all the Abbotsford residents are coming. Yeah. Everyone else who lives in Langley. People from Surrey are coming. And everyone's lining up to go into this pool, which has 100 parking spots. That's all that, that they were allowed to put in. Oh, my gosh. So they're parking all up and down the streets so that all the businesses can't have customers oh because gosh. everyone's blocking all the streets in order to go to this new pool that they built. Are there ice cream trucks out there? Uh, to no, serve the they people? have no one. No one's decided to do That's that. That's dumb. Yeah, it is dumb. That's dumb. It? That's money you're leaving. I mean, the there's table. a Dairy Queen just a, a block away. Because if you got an enormous lineup for uh, for yeah. a water slide park, yeah, you got to have like ice cream trucks. That's the only benefit to, to that. That was one of the benefits, by the way, to having a, an outdoor pool that was kitty corner to my apartment was good access to ice cream truck at yeah. all times. Yeah. The other thing that happened was, while they were doing this, they decided they were going to put an ice rink in it as well. Which is okay, but what that meant was they're tearing down the old ice rink in Alder Grove. So that's going to get knocked over, and then you know that's going to get turned into townhouses or, mm. or, or a condo-built tower. So yeah, it's just kind of an unpleasant thing when you start seeing where you live change. There's a new a new meat market opened up in our town, and it's called the Grove Meat Market. And I was like, the Grove? We're not the Grove. That's Walnut Grove. We're Alder Grove. We don't deserve t- cool terms. We're just we're like the lowest plate. Like, like Alder Grove is like traditionally like lower class, low like low paid, low income yeah. housing yeah. and families and stuff like that. But of course, there's no such thing as low income fam- like low income housing anymore. So it's all it's just changing. And so and now they want to develop more. So they want to put. Yeah. So all these things they're doing are all the like cues that things are gonna get fucked up real fast. Oh yeah. So you're gonna get cool. You didn't like the traffic gonna... before. Yeah. Wait till you see it now. And we were like a little kind of secret almost, you know. People would be like, "You live in Aldergrove?" And you'd be like, "Yeah, I live in Aldergrove." It's you know, ten minutes from the freeway, five minutes from the border. You know, it's like between two places. If you want to go to Langley, you want to go to Abbotsford. You know, if you want to do your shopping, it's perfect. Especially if you're uh, you're a dual citizen and you have no problem getting across That's the border. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I'm not even a dual citizen. I'm just one one way citizen, but I still don't trouble getting across the border or back again. And uh, yeah, so it was really nice that way. And now I have a feeling I can see, like I'm starting to see, like wh- that where the where the township wants to put fa- more warehouses in along the what is a free what is it highway number thirteen highway two sixty fourth. So I can see that's going to come pretty soon. Mm-hmm. They're widening it for more truck traffic. So that's a bad thing. So yeah, it's just all kind of going down the tubes. But anyway, that's life, I guess. Sorry to hear that. Uh, speaking of things that went down the tubes, uh, before I found this uh, place that we're going to move into, uh, we were looking at a bunch of other places that were the same price. Sure. Okay. As yours. As uh, not a, as the place that we're moving into, not the place we're oh. moving from. So you had a good deal where you were before. Yes. Okay. We did. Okay. For what? For what? Well, here's. Yes and yes, yes and, and no. And, yes and no. You had a yes place and, that was okay. Yeah. So we had a place that was more than you should get for that amount of money, but there were certain things like the stairs were lethal. Yeah, and we're going to break at any point. Yeah. When we first moved in, uh, the, the the shower downstairs filled up with raw sewage. Yeah. Uh, the uh, porch balances on a beam that balances on a cinder block, and the the beam is being eaten away. Right now, by something. Okay. So there's that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You can go to the laundry room, but you have to duck down, and it's full of spiders. There's things like sure. that. 
There, they're just possibly we had raccoons in the ceiling for a while. Mm. That's, that's a possibility. One yeah. day we go in and the kitchen and there's water pouring from above yeah. because yeah. of a bad leak above. Yeah. A lot of that stuff. Sure. So yes and or no. <laughs> so we went to this place that's across from a school. We're okay. like, ah, what's the deal with like the the loudness from the school? Well, it's not too bad. But we look at the pictures and it says it's it's like five bedrooms. Like five bedrooms. That's 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 a lot. That's humongous. But we looked at the pictures and went, eh, "Doesn't look too big. Let's go. Let's just go check it out and yeah. see what it is." Sure. And and they, but the thing was, they had a pool in the back, but one of those above ground pools that's round. Okay. You know, like you have sure. in the suburbs. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we're like, well, that's that'd be kind of interesting. So we so we so we go so we go in, and first of all, it's two less bedrooms than they said. There's okay. no way those are bedrooms. That's no. not a bedroom. That's, that's a right. closet. That's a this. And they had a weird. <laughs> thing when you went upstairs like almost all the 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 rooms upstairs uh, had slanted ceilings that like took out about half of the room mm-hmm. where like i could stand in half of the room and i couldn't stand in the other half mm-hmm. of the room and i better not get up quickly in sure. this half of the room or i'm gonna knock myself out a lot of that old house then there was uh, a thing a little cubby hole that was near the stairs up top and you crawl through it if you want look through it yeah. and it's a giant attic like a giant like bigger than any of the rooms in the house attic that's unfinished that's kind of cool and it's it's very cool and it would have been the cat's room and the cat would have had a bigger room than the rest of us because you can't <laughs> like you can't make a room that you couldn't get anything in like yeah. you couldn't get a desk through that thing no no that's true you couldn't get anything through it it would just be this giant room that again the cat would enjoy uh walking in we might as well just fill the whole thing with sand and just go this is your litter box done <laughs> but but one of the things that was like a big red flag was you looked in the backyard and the pool was just filled with beer cans. Oh. Right? Like. Why not you... clean that up? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Like there was all these red flags. First of all, there, there was all that kind of stuff like, well, you bullshit about this. You bullshit about this. Yeah, yeah. yeah there was like a, there was a room that like was said it was a bedroom, but it was definitely like that room where you walk into a house and it's like the, it, it's like the big doors, but they sealed like. Like it also it's just a small door. It's like, well, you're not fooling anybody. Why would you want less doors? This doesn't benefit anybody. Yeah. That you may give me less space to get things in. Yeah, yeah. This is this is just plain dumb. And also we were told, uh, they won't rent out the basement and they won't say why. Oh, that's always great. That's mm, yeah, shifty. But <laughs> but that yeah, that you had this filthy pool. You're like, well, the landlord's not gonna repair anything. Yeah. You know that. Because if they're not gonna take the time to just go in the pool and cash in these bottles. <laughs> it's money. You've left money in there. Thing one. How bad is it that binners don't even go in there and get these things? That's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, well, then, yeah, this is just going to be uh, a nightmare. And that, that was the thing with like, most of the houses like that you went in was just like, okay, so you can tell what the landlord really thinks because of what they don't care about. Yeah, like, yeah. Again, one of the places we, we went into, there was a couple of uh, posts in the fence that were like kicked out. Huh. The mail was there, and it was rainy, and the mail was overflowing, and it was just getting wet. Huh. And like, those well, are e- those are easy things to fix. Well, this was the thing: was like we just turned heel when we got up top. Yeah, you know, just like, and we're good, and we're done. <laughs> also, he said, "I only want to rent it for a year." Yeah, we're we're we're, we're totally we're we're done. But when you see that the mail is getting wet, yeah, you know they don't give a damn, and they're not going to care about anything else. Yeah, clearly, you and or, fix the yeah. posts. <laughs> <laughs> Fix your property. What's this about? Hey, a high demand, you know, we're we're doing you a favor. Yeah, the place that we're moving into now, 
there were apologies that were being said as we were in about certain things, but they were all things that we were like, well, you don't need to apologize for that. <laughs> and they were like, really, listen, we're not going to, and the, th- the, the thing we were asking about, like, that the we were worried about was we couldn't get the basement and we wanted, like, the whole house. Okay. And it was like, well, we can't get the basement because, you know, we can't rent out the basement right now. Oh, okay. Well, so someone's in the basement. This is going to be a little, eh, all right, fair enough. Got to keep it down. Yeah. Got to be quiet. And then uh, he said, no, because we do editing down there uh, twice a week in the afternoons. Well, fine. So there's someone <laughs> down there with headphones on sure. editing yeah. twice a week. Well, that's that's fine. Can we do editing down there? Oh, we'll talk about it later. <laughs> so, uh, so it was like, well, I'll show you downstairs. And yeah. I was like, okay. I was like, I'm sorry about the mess. But the mess was... Just like electronic equipment that was around. And yeah, like, yeah. there's some wires and some sure. cords. And it's like, oh, you work here. Yeah, this isn't a mess. <laughs> like, I understand it's storage, but this isn't a mess. Yeah. A, yeah. a mess is like you walk in and two rats look at you and go, fuck, and like scatter. <laughs> That's a mess. <laughs> you know? There's more. There, I would I would still consider things less than that a mess. But what if uh, one of the rats had a hat on and the hat just blew up off his head and just went whoop, and, then, and then he ran out? Then it's just, that's especially that's bad, a hot right? mess. Yeah, it's a hot mess rat. <laughs> no, it's it's actually got a space down there that would be if things really get good, yeah. would be perfect for doing a podcast or editing things or making things, yeah. which is fantastic because yeah, yeah. that's what it's being used for currently. Cool. Cool. And uh, when we went up to the bathroom, here was the, here was the thing that almost like like we when we went into the house actually we were like this is gonna be too small for what it is yeah it's it's nice that we're gonna look we're obligated to look yeah, yeah. but we're not interested yeah and then we went we went in there was like uh, someone who was grouchy that was there who was like previously living there but that's a long story about a separate <laughs> different thing uh, but it was like okay let's take a look. and it was actually good because the place was actually a little bit of a mess yeah but in a way that you went ah now I can see what it looks like normal yeah and yeah. not that. That, that fakey fake thing. That's right. But then as soon as we went in, we we're like, oh, this is big. Oh, this is good size. We were worried like, well, there's no space to put this table. There's yeah. lots of space to put this table. <laughs> Shit. Well, let's go upstairs. And then we were, we, 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 we saw the, the main bathroom. It's very nice. Oh, my God. Well, here's the thing that you don't get mm. is you walk in and you go like, yeah, it's got the heated floors. Oh, nice. I'm just like, oh, forget it. <laughs> like, just forget it. Oh, <laughs> heated floors. And the one thing you got to know is like, we have the most freezingest bathroom in the world at our house. Mm. The freezingest. And I don't know why. I don't know how. It's yeah. the one room where the heat doesn't work. It's the ghost. And so come, yeah. It, like, we, we thought we'd solve the problem because, again, with our, with our house, we we took the we we undid the vent to see if there was anything blocking it. Mm. Well, there was. Oh. There was like all this foam that was in there. Mm. Someone nice. just shoved a bunch of foam in the vent. I'm like, okay, so we take the foam out. Maybe that'll maybe that'll help. No, it still doesn't do anything. <laughs> but there's all this like burnt foam. I'm like, well, wow. what's this? It's weird. This is not good yeah, at all. Safe, really? It's not safe at all. A hundred percent not safe. <laughs> right, you are. But like in the winter time. You've really got to go, oh, I'm going to go to the bathroom. Just the freezingest. Huh. Maybe I'll run the shower for a bit to try to heat up the room. Yeah, oh, yeah. Just got, So the idea of like a warm bathroom. Oh, so nice. So we'll see. Again, knocking on wood. I'll knock wood too. But uh, sorry that I'm, I'm going Hello? off on a little bit of uh, a tear. But I also wanted to get this out. Uh, is uh, good news with my cat who is cancer free. Yes, that's very good news. Yes, I was so very pleased to hear that. Yeah, we uh, we were in New York when we got the word that he should get um, this tumor removed, mm-hmm. uh, for, and we're like, oh, okay. So 
bless my sister Vicky, who's been on the show before, uh, of like taking him in for that. That's yeah. not the easiest thing in the world, and no. giving him pills when he when he came out. And but apparently, he enjoys getting. F- uh, he pills. is a pill loving, popping cat. <laughs> Afterwards, he was saying, "Let's go to the fish concert." And I'm like, of, <laughs> "I'm not sure whether he's like the, the drug-related music yeah, or he yeah. just enjoys fish. And he doesn't understand, he doesn't understand yeah, how it's spelled. Like it's like, yeah. oh, there's fish on tour. Sure. Well, let's go. That's right. He's a cat. Obviously, yeah, yeah. he would enjoy that yeah. sort of thing. So we you heard uh, that they were tunaing up. So he uh, had mm. to go. Oh, there are so many we could do right now. <laughs> Unfortunately, they play, they David. Play scales? Yeah, I'm not. They work for scale. <laughs> they work for scale. Oh, thank but you. they will take a fin. <laughs> um, so we so they they sent off the mass uh and we were waiting waiting they took an especially yeah. long time yeah. uh to let us know what's what uh but then yeah we got the word that uh, all benign all good nice. went in uh he also got his teeth done we checked with that mm-hmm. uh because he had never had his teeth checked some of them uh reabsorbed into his mouth oh uh, it's just something that happens with cats when they don't get things checked and oh, uh things had to be taken care of but Everything's great now. He apparently had some uh, tooth sensitivity before that's now he doesn't have. And yeah, he's great. He's aces. So uh, yay. And so thank you for all the kind words people have said about yes. that. Yes. Especially uh, Craig and Nettie. Thank you so much. Craig and Nettie. Yes. Yes. Did I say it incorrectly? It Does <laughs> he said it so fast? It might not have been clear. All right. I thought I said the wrong names because I was really trying not to say the wrong names. No, no. Maybe that's why you said it fast. Craig and Nettie. Craig and Nettie. Right. Craig and Nettie. Nettie. Yes. All right. Are we making them uncomfortable that we're saying their names so much? <laughs> Maybe Let's so. Let's keep, like, they're, at this point, they're going, well, that was nice, but yeah. please stop, stop saying our names. Saying... Please stop saying Craig <laughs> and Nettie. Yes. Stop saying it. We'll stop saying that. It's not funny anymore that nope. we're saying Craig and Nettie so much. <laughs> we're trying to enjoy the podcast, fellas, <laughs> and you keep saying Craig and Nettie over and over again <laughs> to the point where we're going to have to stop listening yeah. to this podcast, Craig and Nettie. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you have, you have once again alienated some listeners. There you are. Way to go. Okay, back over to you, David. I've uh, what? spoken for a very long <laughs> what? period of time. Oh, I, man, I feel like, oh, I don't have anything to say. I was we, should, we, we should mention to the nice people out sure, there that sure. we have a second podcast going on right now. Oh, yeah. Uh, we're well, well deep into it. Yes. No turning back. <laughs> this is really pointless to turn back now. That's right. Uh, it's called Full Marks. And uh, there is another The Full Marx podcast out there. Don't listen to that one. That actually is about Marxism. Yeah. That's not what we're about. That's not what we're about. Yeah. We're about the Marx Brothers. Yes. And the, so we're... The more preferable form of Marxism. We're uh, well deep into it. We're uh, well past what people consider the best of the films. Yes. We are now doing the rest of the films. The rest. Yes, that's, that's true. Uh, yeah, I was watching uh, one of the films last night and I fell asleep. Which might give you an idea of what the quality I thought of that movie. Also, that I was very tired. It was it was interesting to me because I've been now looking up Groucho Marx things because there's a lot of video. I of noticed Groucho that Marx. you you posted something today. I posted I was... a thing where Groucho was on firing line with William Buckley. Yeah, and they were debating certain topics. I haven't watched the whole thing. Okay, I couldn't watch it because I was at work, but I noticed that you po- posted. Yeah, it, and yeah. what I found interesting about it was Groucho was very similar to comics of today in talking about politics and you know and, and people's sensitivities to things yeah. you know it, it, it was a very modern conversation and sure. william buckley was trying to score points and he was just being a dick but <laughs> and groucho was you know uh not taking it for the most part and it was fine and groucho also did a great thing which was uh william buckley like pointed out a thing that he said that was kind of hypocritical he was like well you say you're not a you say you're not a fraud that you're sincere but you uh, said this about this about this and he said you were a fraud i was like i don't remember that 
Oh, yeah, well, you did. You said you were a fraud. You were put in writing. Yeah, well, I, I don't remember some things that I said. Well, okay, <laughs> but you repeated it later in this book. Yep, just some things I don't remember, if you say so. But, yeah, I don't, re- I don't really recall that. I don't feel that way. Like, oh, that actually is pretty great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it works. Well, sure. And he was like, oh, you could tell Buckley was bugged by it. It was like, oh, I thought I was going to get you. He's, so, he's such a weird uh, interviewer. William mm-hmm. F. Buckley, sort of like watching a reptile basking on a rock, sort of his his approach to, to questioning you. I know. I always picture Joe Flaherty's impression of him more than I do ah, him yes, himself. Yes, that's right. He did do an impression. That's true. Yeah, that's a very where he one. had the tongue going very reptilian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. <laughs> Maybe that's where I get that impression from too. You're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah. it's just that that mean intellectual, Funny. leaning back, tongue mm. flicking, and Groucho was just just enjoying having a conversation. It was all fine. He seemed like he was an interesting guy to talk to. It was very different than like when he'd be on a Dick Cavett show and he was definitely trying to like score joke, 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 joke. He was still doing joke jokes. Yeah. But it was like at a lesser pace and Mm -hmm. he would actually like relax a bit and discuss like what it was like being Jewish and how he felt about uh, ethnic humor and Jewish humor and how he'd never tell a Jewish joke on stage. But he might tell one off stage. Yeah. But he doesn't want to present that kind of thing. But he's very proud. Of his of his heritage, but that's not what he presents, mm-hmm. and he doesn't like uh, racial humor and all this kind of stuff. And interesting. I was like, oh, that was really interesting. Interesting. Well, I mean, this is for a different podcast, obviously, but considering that their act was a racial stereotype act when it started, yes, of various racial types, you know, or various ethnic types, I guess you should say, because uh, it wasn't you, really racial; it was more ethnic. I that's would say. the thing. Now, would you say? And again, this might be a bit for the other podcast, but hey, let's say this is an ad for that podcast. <laughs> sure. Someone like Chico. Yes. Because so Chico's doing an Italian accent. Yes. But I would not say he's doing an Italian stereotype, as in you don't see him making pasta. <laughs> okay. You don't see him with a monkey no, and right. an organ. Right. You know, you don't see him anything that like an Italian would stereotypically mm-hmm. do, flying mm-hmm. in a rage. or yeah, like yeah. A, Now I'm making all these stereotypes about Italians. <laughs> That's right. But any of those things, like Groucho. He didn't have a meatball. Yeah, no one's no one's doing a Jewish stereotype or like Harper was the Irish Irishman, but like what did he do that was Irish? It, but he was. Yeah. But but what what is the stereotype mm-hmm. besides maybe playing a little flute? You know what? <laughs> what, what was he doing? Yeah, he had red hair. Yeah, that's that was... the basis of their characters. Yeah. but it's not. But they I... don't play the stereotypes, especially the hateful stereotypes. Well, I think I think that's a big part of it. Is I think they move past that at some point. So there may have been more ethnic humor in their act, like more jokes based in stereotypes. Mm-hmm. When they started, or just the funniness of the voice. But what's strange is that at that time, it was not, it was actually well loved by the, by the ethnic audiences that liked to see themselves on stage. Whether it was done in a broad stereotype yeah. or not, they liked, they're like, oh, that's us on stage, you know? Let's, yeah. That's us with the one spicy meatball. You know, like that, they really, that's what's fun to them. Or, you know, and I guess, you know, some attention's better than no attention, you know. Yeah. And Groucho was he was sort of he was sort of the Yiddish or, or Jewish part of the act. He did a German dialect for a long time until the World War One. And then, you know, once I think they're in Toronto when the Lusitania was sunk mm. and that was the night he gave he stopped doing a German accent. He just went out on stage and did switch to like a Yiddish or like doing a sort of Jewish thing. And that was more acceptable because no one no one in Canada, no one in colonies wanted to, to celebrate yeah. Germany, who had just sunk this this ship. And it's this huge tragedy. And so, yeah, just ixnay on the Ermengay. Let's just get that out <laughs> of the act entirely. And uh, so, you know, it's interesting. So it, it feels like, yeah, that they kind of made their own sort of, 
you know, choices that were, and I want to say that they were, I want to say that they were smarter than other performers that they, they grew, you know, that they grew up with or worked through vaudeville with, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. so lots of those acts, lots of them are probably very good and stuff like that, but kind of, kind of stopped moving forward and became old fashioned and became out of date and just disappeared or were trapped in vaudeville and could never escape it. Whereas the Marx Brothers were lucky in that they were allowed themselves to evolve and took a lot of risks doing it as well and moved forward. You know, So they moved out of doing this rough-and-tumble high school thing into bringing in more classier elements of chorus girls and singers and stuff into the act to, to give it more class or give it but also give it more variety because you know when people went out of course they love the marx brothers but as we've learned watching the movies constant rough and tumble and comedy and stuff like that can get tiresome it's better if it comes to you in chunks with parts in between that sort of entertain or have a slightly different element to them yeah i'm going to suspect that a lot of people that didn't succeed involved well obviously you're going to just have a numbers game only a certain sure. amount are going to of course, succeed of course uh but i think the ones but it, i mean it, even super successful ones that were successful through through the years involved sure eventually you know where are they now but i feel that's the same thing if you look at say the comedy boom or something like that in the uh, late 80s okay. there's a whole bunch of very successful comedians and then sure. Then a lot of comedians, uh, and, and most of them were doing variations on street jokes. They were the standard jokes. You could just go to a comedy club and do the stock material that everyone's kind of doing. Okay. Uh, maybe pad it a little bit with some original stuff, but you could do street stuff, just twists on old jokes. And then when things dried up, they went away. And that yeah. was the same thing with vaudeville where, you know, as we've discussed on the, on the other show, like something like Who's on First was a stock bit that a whole bunch of comedy teams would do. Yeah. But then these, these two, Abbott Costello, they took off with it, but they were, but they were all doing the standard sure. material. And then. And let's, but let's give them the benefit of the, the doubt. I think that they maybe did it best that as a team that Costello's slow burn and Abbott's you know, deadpan delivery worked worked it the best, sure, and made it they made it their own in a way. You know, so they were able to take it and kind of make it, you know, run with it and and yeah, like I mean, the Marx Brothers were doing a high school bit. Everyone was doing high school things. Like there was another, there was the original, uh, there was an originator of the high school bit, Gus Edwards, started the high school sketch thing. It was so successful that he had like three or four troops out working it in different vaudeville circuits, you know, and he was just getting the money as the producer of it. Uh, and they were, you know, so the Marxists said, well, that's successful. Let's borrow that. But so did everyone else. So lots of other people were doing it. Sure. But they were smart enough to go, this is getting tired. Also, we're tw- in our 20s. We're no longer high school kids. Like when they started doing it, they were high school kids. But eventually they were, you know, t- 20, approaching 30 time to move on so they started other things and and built from there and i mean and when they did i'll say she is their first broadway show that was an an incredible risk and it was actually like a kind of last roll of the dice for them by that point they were basically bankrupt after after um their disastrous um attempt to leave the the big the big vaudeville circuit of that time period and join a a a rival vaudeville circuit Mm -hmm. that didn't have enough money and so basically they were also also invested in the lusitania they lost a lot of money in (laughs) that they did and they uh yeah so and then in the shows it was so it was so it was such a a broken down uh mixed up situation that they were basically they bankrupted themselves paying their own actors and, and dancers and stuff like that out of their own money sure. in order to keep the show going to the end of the at the end of their run and once it was over they were broke they were 
out of luck. <laughs> they couldn't go back to the vaudeville circuit they'd left, so they only had one place to turn, and that was that was Broadway. They found a guy who had put some money into a show. They put a show together, and just by the luck of the draw, they were the hit of Broadway, the toast of the town, and it, you know, it went from there. Yeah. So, but I think you know, I mean, there's so many things: luck, talent, ambition, all these things that come together and and make make you a success. Mm-hmm. Even someone like Chico, who I would say feels like someone who kind of was along for the ride in lots of ways. He didn't really contribute very much in terms of comedy writing and okay. or. You know what I mean? Like he didn't like Groucho actively wrote and de- developed writers you, yeah. and stuff like that. Harpo worked on his own bits and things like that. Yeah. Chico showed up. He you know drove in from the racetrack, did his bits, flubbed his lines, then left again and went back to the racetrack. You know, but he also though he was the one who pushed them to get better and better because he he was like had a bottomless optimism and this bottomless well of ambition that pushed them on from you know and he's like we can do this you know that was his thing everyone else is like oh it's over no no we can do this this is what we're going to do yep. we're going to blah 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 you know so that but was that's kind of him also in the movies exactly and but that's a and yeah. you know that's a vital part of 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 their success is someone who's willing to keep pushing forward and and be optimistic and take chances and make good deals for them yeah you know by the time they're at MGM and getting fifteen percent of the gross, you know, of a million a movie that makes five million dollars, that's they're on Easy Street. Some of them, other ones lose it all the racetrack. Yeah, but you know, that's part of being a wheeler dealer too. You know. No, it's interesting. Yeah, uh, but everyone, you, this is the you, taste you, of what you get. Yeah, you get a little a little of that action there, but also a lot more uh, specific uh, historical uh, things things and whatnot. Uh, no, I just found that uh, I just found that interesting. Going back to the Groucho thing, because sure. I was watching, I was watching like Norm Macdonald kind of do a little bit of an apology thing on uh, the View uh, today, okay. and uh, oh my gosh, he was so heartfelt. Oh my gosh, he just felt so terrible about things that, Is that he, right? he said. Yeah, well. and uh, and you know, um, it, I mean, because the the way the interview took things on does the View. Present it, what's that? Then the viewer, the Hollywood Reporter interview. The Hollywood that, review, Reporter interview. Yeah. You know, at, he was trying to show a little bit of like how he was saying things, but still he wasn't saying it in a way that's like, I, that's excusable. Yeah. But he also, he was on the Howard Stern show the day yes. before. I was just like, oh no, when I read that interview. Yeah. Like, and, oh, and, yeah. And said you'd have to again. have Down syndrome to uh, think that. Uh, mm. that uh, and, and, but on, on this show, he was like, yeah, it, what he said was, he was going. I was. I was. I was thinking stupid. Yeah. And then I was thinking the word that we don't use anymore. Yeah. And so instead, I said this, thinking that it was a lighter version of that, yeah. a clever version. And as soon as I said it, yeah, I realized it was unforgivable. Yeah. And I was just ashamed of myself. Yeah. And he was really ashamed that he said it. Yeah. And it was. It was. It was interesting just seeing that and going like, oh yeah, I could see how you'd be on a mm-hmm. show and you'd think a thing and you'd say a thing and then it'd be like, oh, that's the worst thing. And well, especially for us. As people who came from a time, a different time, a less sensitive time, really, mm-hmm. that we have lots of bad, like yeah, like saying like retarded. It really does. It that does, was a common thing people it, said. But it wasn't. But they, but it wasn't. But it was. It was. Then it wasn't. Then it was. What I feel happened <laughs> with that word. Yeah. Was uh, it was said in in the bad way when you were you know and also like you would people would just be very cruel to people who you know oh, yeah. uh had disabilities like it was sure. just it was just out and out yeah, yeah. cruel 
You know, there'd well, be we the, hardly saw there'd them be the special ed class, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, and 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 people wouldn't. Can you remember anyone ever having any empathy for anyone in that in, in that class? It was like it's like, no. oh well, you know, that's too bad. I wish there was something we could do to help, or yeah. maybe make it easier for them, or maybe we should never, no. not, not in a million years, no. not in a million years, right? No. So there was they the, were the others, right? And so as things progressed, it felt like people were told, don't say that word, sure. and then people didn't say that word yeah. because that was the worst word. But then the flip happened on that and it was like, well, since that's the worst word, we're going to say that word. Okay. Because, of course, we're going to say that word for shock, but we don't yeah. mean that word. Yeah. And because so many people said it for that extreme shock, as yeah. in you would also for the C word, you would go like, you would only use the C word for the most extreme shock. And, of course, you don't mean it. Yeah. It's ridiculous to even think you would mean it. That I'm saying it is so absurd that yeah. I'm showing you it's so absurd that I would say it. Yeah. Like, I'm just in another world. You clearly know I don't mean this. Yeah. But then, because people saw the people saying that, the less funny people, yeah. or the people who didn't get it as much, went, oh, I can say that now. And then it, and then it reincorporated into society. And then, like, we can say it again. Yeah. So, once again, people had to go, no. Yeah. One more time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. no. You're, right. You're right. Yeah. Oh, that was, the C word was not a word I ever heard growing up. It wasn't until I was listening to the Derek and Clive album. I can't remember what it's called. Derek and Clive Live or something like that. Something like that, yeah. With uh, Peter Cook and Dudley Moore. And one of them has a whole bit that just uses that word a lot. But so outrageously that you just can't help laughing at it because it's just so ridiculous. How yeah. The use of it is ridiculous. And, but outside of that, you're right. You just wouldn't see it. But I mean, even, it's weird because like when I grew up, I didn't like, whoops, we always lose our mics when this gets jostled. Can you hear me now? Yes, sort of. Can you hear me? Yeah, oh, I can hear you. Okay. It's me that's... Uh... We lose our mics when we say the C word. <laughs> well, yes, that's why we should lose our... Um, that's better. I was going to say, uh, when I was growing up, I didn't, like, I didn't like Eddie Murphy very much because... Oh, man. Sorry, everyone. Let me just move these cords. I do have other cords if, uh, if, if, if you need them. Let's see. That might be better. I'm just trying to... <laughs> they might be getting old and... Oh, a little frayed. Because... Yeah. Anyway, uh, so... Pooey. When, uh, when I was younger, I was going to say I didn't like Eddie Murphy very much, like his stand-up very much, because I'd found like his quote-unquote fag jokes. I just didn't enjoy that. I didn't like yeah. his use of that word and stuff like that. But hypocritically, for the longest time, I would refer to something as gay when I was thinking it was lame. Mm -hmm. I didn't mean it was gay like something that gay people would use. I just meant, how gay? Like, how lame? It was actually my daughters who corrected me. I mean, it made me stop using that word. Because it never occurred to me for, like, because we just used it all the time. And I never, like, connected the two things together, right? Like, Dad, you say you don't like, you know, comedy that makes fun of you know, gay people, why would you use the word gay? And you're like, well, that's a good point. Because in my mind, I wasn't meaning it as a connection to that. Well, this but you're just what, saying that's this lame. This is what people feel. is like, so now I, have, I know that I'm not whatever it is. Yeah. Homophobic, racist, sexist, whatever. Sure. So when I say that, I'm saying it as a parody of that. I wasn't even saying it as a parody. I was just using the word. I think a lot word. of people do, though. Yeah. I think they okay, say it like, yeah. as a parody of, I'm sure. saying something, I'm acting like a teenager. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't clearly say that word, but yeah. I'm going to say that word you know, it, because it's such an exaggeration and a crazy exaggeration, but you yeah. were saying it as an, an just, extension yeah. of what just, it was. What it was. It was like how, when I grew up, how people used it. And right. you just used it unconsciously as part of like the daily conversation until you reach a point in your life where someone points out to you, hey, hypocrite, <laughs> what are you doing? And you have to, you have to fess up. Oh, that's, yeah, I'm, 
what the hell am I doing? I'm going to stop using that word. Yeah. And you do. And I'm sure like, uh, I mean, Norm MacDonald feels like an old, like, look, just talk to Norm MacDonald about comedy. That's the thing to do. Yeah. If you want to get into other stuff and talk well, yeah. politics. I mean, or, that's the thing he even says about whatever. his show that it's not topical. Like his new talk show is not topical yeah. because I don't know very much about politics. Then you immediately go, <laughs> what do you think about Trump? What do you think about, you know, and then you're asking someone who, who hasn't really, you know, you might have thought about them, but you haven't formulated like sound bites about these things. You know, so people are like, what about the Me Too movement? Well, okay, you're asking me now like to talk about it he's off the top of my head. He's an old withdrawn guy, yeah. who's this kind of thing. It's a weird thing to me, like, uh, it, you know, when, when I was, when I was in, uh, when I was in New York, recently and 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 i would go into the seth meyers show and it was like a lot of interns that were around like a lot yeah okay and it was like uh oh for the most part they were young attractive people sure and when i was when i was there and i was i was i was i was going up there there's a little bit of me going like yeah man letterman got off easy huh well, he sure like, did he was lucky he was ahead of the ahead of the time like he uh one one yeah when when he revealed everything and also that he revealed everything yeah it it helped him, I thought, because if you don't know, he was like sleeping with interns and and, and whatnot, and uh, and and yeah, he revealed it on the show, yeah, and said you're going to hear some creepy things about me, and they're true, and I did this, and it's shameful, and he it did seem heartfelt, and mm-hmm. it did seem all these kind of things, yeah, and then yeah, everyone seemed to kind of give it a nod and just go, well, he's contrite, and. What are you going to do? It's none of our, it's none of our, like there was a bit of, it's none of our business. Yeah, yeah. This is kind of between him and his wife. Yeah. But it's not because when you're an intern, yeah. uh, this is someone who's trying to work their way up. Yes. Uh, they, and, yeah. and so this is your boss. Mm-hmm. Not as your boss. This is a person who has power over you. Which is what, yeah, your boss yeah. always has power over you. But this is someone who beyond that yeah. has, has super power over so many other people and yeah. influence. And if they don't like you uh, or you annoy them in some way, yes. that could be it for they you. They could scupper your career. This, was the pro- this is the problem with Louis C.K. where it wasn't just... Oh, he's you know uh, you know uh, he's an exhibitionist. To expo- yeah. Expose yeah. himself yeah. to to some like when 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 you heard that story, or at least when I heard the story for the first time, it was like he had uh, there was two other comedians who came up after a show. Yeah, he uh, he said uh, after they were all joking around, he said, Did you, uh, "Mind if I take my uh, my dick out?" And they're like, "Yeah, oh yeah, okay." And it sounded like oh he gave them that was consent. That was but they thought he was joking. Well, whatever. You know what? <laughs> When does that ever happen? I know, that's true. Try to picture that in a joking way <laughs> of like, yeah. you know, if someone says, might have to take my dick out, yeah. and you say yes, a dick's coming out. Even if it's a joke, <laughs> you are correct. penises are coming out. Sure, there's, okay. no, there's no two ways about okay. that. The, but as things progressed in late, in, uh, you know, it, it, it was kind of revealed that like, this was someone who has power because of their position. Because and, of their, yes. Yeah, and because, and because they were both, they were all comics, this does become a work kind of situation, but but again, the the situation there is a little bit more vague, and you can discuss it. Yeah. When it's a Letterman thing. Yeah. No, these were your pages. Sure. No, not in not at all, mm-hmm. and we and that never gets brought up. That doesn't get brought up in his talk show. That doesn't get brought up in interviews that that, that happen. Mm-hmm. And it's just very very strange yes. to me. It is. It's odd. Yeah. Right. You know. I mean, I'm I, sure Carson did it. Yeah. You know, I mean, Carson, man of many divorces and many affairs, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. would that be beyond him? I don't know. But like, it's just so part of a thing. And it's just, it just was, it just struck me when I was there. It was just like, oh, when you actually see pages and just go, 
Oh, that's terrible. Yeah. That's like a legit terrible thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think we can agree, but then... Okay, I'm going to bring up something even harder to talk about. Sure, sure. Which is the... You're going to come out and be pro-cancer. I'm going to be <laughs> pro... Yes, I want it again. You know what? It kills some bad people, too. Sure. Let's admit that. Let's... There are some pedophiles take, that get killed by cancer. You and are you saying the, you want more pedophiles? The good with the bad. Yeah. Let's hear it from well, that's what, that's what I'm going to talk about, actually. Okay. Because now we have this controversy with the Predator movie, where there was an actor in the film. Right. And now he's not the only film he's been in. He's been in Iron Man 3, and he was also in The Nice Guys. So Shane Black has hired him three different times for, for films. Uh, and apparently he is a convicted sex offender. He served time for that. And and to me, it's weird that he can't go back to work. Do you know what I mean? Okay, let me because, ask. Let me ask sure. Well, obviously he could because he has. Well, he has, but I mean, now he can't. He's been taken out of the movie. He's been taken, well. His part has been edited go, out okay, of the film. Okay, but that's not, he can't go to work. He went to work. Oh, yeah, yeah. He no, got no. paid for it. Yeah. He's just not going to be in the movie. He's, he was edited out. Sure. That's far and from. And I think, I think now... He will not be able to He will to not work. be able to. I don't know. We'll see. You will see. But, but yeah. so far, he has been yeah. able to work. So yeah. so if you're asking, like, can a convicted sex I mean, what defender, he did is terrible. He's a yes. creepy, creepy guy. Like, of course, as a father of children, okay. I find what he tried to do is, is terrible, which was he tried to entice a 14-year-old girl into a sexual relationship over the internet, Okay, which is gross and the, all, all the other things. We're all against it. it. Okay, yes. But at the same time, he was caught, convicted, yes. served his time. Right. Uh, has done multiple movies since. And has done... I don't know how many movies he's done. Well, I, you've I told know, me two. I, I'm three saying, at least. I'm just saying, yes, he's worked since then. So he's, he's probably worked more than three movies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, major movies. Yeah. Okay. Just, I guess so good. what's his... What's the problem there that you see? I, my problem is, is that it's considered bad now that he's doing movies? No. Because, well, what, how come Olivia That's a good Munn, question. Here, all right, let me ask you if you know this factor. Okay, okay yeah, yeah. They had a scene together that sure. they did, and I forget what type of scene it was. Okay. But she didn't know that he was a convicted sex offender okay. in the past. Okay, That was the thing. Yeah. She didn't know that, and that was the problem. She wouldn't have done that scene with him, okay. and that's her choice. Yeah. But she didn't get the information I see. that well, she was working yeah. with a sex offender. Okay. Okay. Uh, did the scene and was it like a sexual scene that she did with him? Or I'm not quite sure. Okay. But regardless, yeah. I think people do should have the choice to work with someone or not. Yeah. Uh, you know, if they if they if they know that aspect of things about okay. about them. Okay. Um, I mean, that's fair. Yeah, that was I think because was, someone like that has to go around. If he lives in a neighborhood, he has to go around and tell people that I'm a. Yeah, I'm a sex a, offender. It's, it's public. It's public information. Yeah. She was not informed yeah, of yeah. it. That was her, I believe that was her problem okay. with Shane Black, was that they're doing this scene together and yeah. she was not informed about okay, that. Okay, fair enough. So uh, so that's what it is. But so you think if, as a bank, say he was a bank robber, he robbed a bank because he, for whatever reason. Okay. And he, so he's Tim Allen. He's, he is a, he's Tim Allen. He is a cocaine dealer. Okay. He has turned in all of his friends. He's, uh, sure. he's ratted out his friends. Okay. And well, let's not go that way. Let's say he okay. went, he was convicted, went to prison. He did. Served his time. Tim Allen, yes. Came did. back out. Tim Allen did that, yes. And that's the end of it. It was. Tim Allen is now yeah, uh, in yeah. all these Disney films. Sure, yes, sure. That's how yeah. it works. But 
That's correct. That's his Tim Allen. That's fine. Tim Allen has a uh, his home improvement. He's got a sitcom now. <laughs> I just feels uh, like he's yeah, doing yeah, yeah. well. He's no, a movie star with the Santa Claus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Uh, he's fine. Yeah, I know that's how. Mean. That's exactly how it works. You've he's, asked how it works. He's in Galaxy Quest. Let me Quest. present you Tim Allen. Every, that's how it he's works. in Galaxy Quest. A very yeah. good movie. Um, but I'm, I'm telling you, just family movies. I'm telling you, kids movies. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. And he's fine. Yes, that's fine. So that's how a bank. I have no problem with that. Okay. Um, Sorry, I'm interrupting your point. And I don't want to be. I, it, when when loves to be in the position of defending a, a creepy sex Danny offender. Danny Trejo. Danny sure. Trejo is a convicted uh, was a convicted felon. He was in prison. Okay. Uh, he is now. He looks like it. He he looks like it. Yeah. You will find him in Spy Kids movies now. Yeah, that's You'll fun. find him in Machete. Yes. Also playing Machete in Spy Kids movies. Yeah. Is he the same character? <laughs> we don't know. No, it's fun. He's an uncle. Could be. But no one has a problem with Dan, Danny Trejo. No, you're right. So we are forgiving of yeah. people that have been to prison. Sure. And uh, but, we'll let them do kids' movies. But I see your point. No I did problem. not. I did not know this little twist on it that that Olivia Munn had not been informed. But let's take the twist off. Uh, if uh, if so so he, so now yes uh, he is a he is a he is the sure. same convicted sex offender he was before. Sure. Insurance companies needed to know this information, so insurance companies insured the films that he was on yeah. with no problem. Yeah. This is this was this was open information that sure, has to be open sure. information. Yeah. So you can be a sex offender and work in the film industry. Yeah. Yeah. We have now shown that that's true. Yeah. What should happen now with him? Is this your question? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It is my question. And what is your but answer? I didn't I didn't know this little twist on it. Well I think that well I personally I think he should be be allowed to work, obviously. Mm-hmm. Just the same way that he'd be allowed to live in a neighborhood, but I think also that he has to let people in that neighborhood know who he is and what he's done. True. And that also stands for the actors that he works with should know who he is and what he's done. Okay. How about someone like uh, Rob Lowe? Yep. Rob Lowe uh, was in a sex tape with an underage uh, uh, girl, mm-hmm. uh, and he is in family movies now. Sure. Uh, he's in sitcoms. He's in all these kind of things. So sure. apparently that's fine. It's okay for an actor to to break into someone's house and sleep in a in a in a little girl's bed as well. Yeah, that's okay. It's not creepy at all. <laughs> it, it's creepy, but <laughs> it's I think creepy. I think Robert Downey Jr. for sure yeah. uh, paid a price for that. Yes, I agree. You know, I agree. and in no way am I saying that I don't think that those people should be, you know. Okay, so going unemployed. with what I just feel like. What do you feel about this particular uh, just, person? What's your what's because it seems like you've got a feeling on this, and I want you to. Be it's just that that I just don't want. Because I feel like you convict someone forever for all time. Yeah, I don't feel like I feel like someone should be allowed after they've served their time and shown contrition and hopefully have, you know, need to have reached some sort of point where they want to redeem themselves for what they've done. Sure, that they be al- allowed back into society. That they can't always be a pariah. You know, if they show contrition and I f- feel actually sorry about it, mm-hmm. then yes, they should be allowed into society. If the person next week decides they're going to rob a bank again, you know, then they have to pay for that. But, you know, hopefully he's not trying to lure people, you know, young girls into, you know, he's learned his lesson, we hope. And out of that, he should be able to work because, you know, that's what he is. He's an actor. Right. And I just would, you know, but I... I can see your point. If, if someone's working, especially a, a woman who yeah. so you know, is put into a, in a vulnerable 
it is seen as vulnerable. I don't or have no idea just, what it was. You don't, here's the reason that you go around and have to do the talking to the yeah. neighbors. You cannot. The neighbors cannot kick you out of a neighborhood. That's fine. But yeah. the neighbors now know. Yeah. And so the neighbors can uh, govern themselves appropriately sure. and just go, sure. I'm not going to invite you to this party. Yeah. I, I don't have to yeah. socialize oh, with you. Fair. And I don't have to work with you. And I don't have to do anything. But you do get to live there. That's true. Yeah. So like an, uh, an Olivia Munn yeah. would have the choice, you know, if she's like, top of the cast list there yeah and you you get to choose what actors are going to be there okay yeah that could influence whether or not that person would have like a role That's with possible. that person and they've got a right to say i don't feel comfortable working with this person whatever but yeah. to your original point of can they work in the film industry i think because you've now shown that like he has for one can. for one director but yeah yeah but probably others as well uh, yeah i don't know it would be very at... rare if he just worked for the that mm-hmm. one director i would say if you look up his imdb i'm, I'm sure yeah. he's worked in other i haven't well. i should have i'm really curious who he is now i was like oh i want to rewatch those movies and you see. and a lot of other people <laughs> i'm just curious yes yes oh it's unfortunate that people do dumb things and then it's and a weird a situation with someone like a louis ck because uh, when you're not convicted, mm-hmm. uh, when you just uh, when you do confess to this kind of thing, yeah. and again because it's something so new, uh, we don't really know how it goes. We don't. Yeah, we and, don't. And, is there and, a, and should McDonald's, it be like a punishment time? Yeah, at the at the very base was he was saying like he was talking to Roseanne, yeah. and, he, and and she was in tears and he was worried for her and yeah. he was worried she was going to commit suicide basically. Mm-hmm. So that's his thing. Is like he's worried that his friend told a joke that he feels destroyed her life and she's like just at the lowest ebb and he suggested that he that she talked to louis because he's been through a similar thing recently and yeah. maybe he could help yeah and then that that became you know a thing of uh, where he went like yes you should always think of the victims but the victims don't they, they haven't been through it but these people have been through which was the dumb thing to say <laughs> because you to not well it's he might have said more we don't know how the 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 reporter edited you what he assume said. things but he has not said that he said more yeah, and then yeah. when an opportunity arose for him to say more uh he said that he, he apologized for it said like, yeah. of course what the victims say means infinite, yeah, yeah, or what happened to the victims mean infinitely more yeah, yeah but he had he had some sympathy in his heart for his friends as yeah. well which th- though that is said in a in a bad way you can get that part as well mm-hmm. but what it comes across as is the victims of assault uh, never have to pay for the assault. They only have the assault. So they don't know what it's like to have to pay for the assault. <laughs> I was like, which is an absolutely fucking stupid thing to say. Uh, but yeah, yes. what do you do then for someone who just makes a public, like something like a Letterman? What should happen to Letterman? Should he be just taken off the air? You know, uh, he wasn't, but what should, what should happen? Should he not be able to have interns around anymore? Should he compensate the interns for, for, for what happened? I, I honestly don't know, but it feels like more should have happened in that case than than did. Mm-hmm. It felt like that was just yeah. a, well, boys will be boys. Yeah, it's def- definitely a different time. And I mean, yeah. that shows you why the Me Too movement is so important, is that, you know, it has given an opportunity, given a voice to people that were exploited, and then... And this like here's, ex- here's, basically ignored. Yeah, here's a, here's a flip on it too, which is a little bit of a dark, weird flip. We were talking on another show about how both of us suspect that uh, Woody Allen did not do the things Oops. he was accused of. That's why I was so loud before I turned that up. There you go. Sorry, everyone, uh, for that, my voice being so hot. There you are. That Woody Allen didn't do the things he was accused of. All right. So when you've got a situation where there's nothing in place to take care of abuse of power, 
And then the court of public opinion has to step in because it's the only thing that can moderate that kind of thing. So when the court of public opinion is the only thing that's there, then you get this mob rule that's just chaos and Mm. people can get swept up that possibly and eventually will didn't do anything. But because of it, mm, so you get like a (laughs) Aziz Ansari and it's like a very, it's a bad date and like this all gets swept up in the same thing and it feels to have the same level of of this as someone who actually did abuse, well not actually, but like someone who abused power in a different way such as a letterman. Yeah. But then a letterman doesn't get get the thing so it's like where the fuck is anything? (laughs) Well like I say, he was, he was fortunate in the timing of his, what he did because when, when he was, when he came out and publicly apologized and admitted to this right there was no there was no place or or venue for a voice for the victims of what and he did and yet he still exists now yeah. he just had a talk show on netflix sure. people sure. have interviewed him for said talk mm-hmm. show and no one ever brings it it's not like he vanished forever yeah, yeah. and this is this is you know the old timey yeah. days it's like no he's still around mm-hmm. this this kind of thing but is I'm, happening i'm sure if you interview letterman one of the restrictions is that he's not going to talk about that Okay, but that uh, but then you get a, an interesting interview where he where Letterman stormed off or Letterman ended our interview or no no like, no you just if you're gonna do an interview with him you cannot ask him about it. Do you think someone would do it? Yeah, can can you? I mean, do you'd it? have to you because if you did an interview with Letterman, yeah, you would you would agree to those terms. I wonder. And if you tried to blindside him in the interview, which is what you're thinking, right? Like someone's gonna ask him about it just out of the blue. No, I would say it's an obvious thing in his past that of course someone's yeah. gonna bring it up. Yeah. Like I get that but it's Robert, also an obvious thing in the past I, Robert Downey have... Jr. will leave an interview if someone brings up his his past with the drug use and any of that kind of stuff. He Is will just right? like stand up and leave, and you can watch YouTube videos of him doing that. <laughs> <Is> that right? <laughs> but I don't blame him because it doesn't matter. But I'm just surprised that it's never part of the narrative. Yeah, of, I know. Of, I understand that. what you're saying. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. Uh, you know, he's our hip dad, and for some reason, a generation of mostly males who like David Letterman. I don't. I don't know how yeah. appealing he was to to a female audience. Forgave him for it quite easily, you know. And the victims of it, who didn't have a voice, didn't have a venue, they never got to go on mic and talk about it. We only yeah. get one person's opinion of it, which is David Letterman's, you know. And someone, you know, who seems obviously he's because we see him on television, we feel like he's a very open book to us. That his life is very open, but it's not. It's a super closed life. Like he is super closed off from us, you know. And everything he does is very carefully. Man- manipulated, you know, to maintain. Yeah. His, the, What's weird to me is, is that he. That I felt like, well, now he's going to live on the farm, and this yeah. is what he's going to do. Yeah. That all makes sense. He's going to go with his family, and yeah. it all makes sense. But it's like, I need a talk show. Mm. I need to talk more. I need to still do more of this. And it's like, yeah. okay, he's still got that hunger, that need. Sure, he's got sure. to do it. So it feels like, oh, well, if you're going to come into this world, then you're part of this world, and this yeah. is the thing. Yeah. I'm sure Seinfeld doesn't want to talk about s- certain things, mm-hmm. but everyone asks him about certain things, and so he says certain things, and then there's a big article about that he said certain <laughs> things. You know? He Seinfeld's dated, a different he dated an underage girl. You know? It, it, did he? Yeah, he did. And is that the underwear designer? I'm not quite sure. Okay, but I just know, you know, that was a that was a thing, mm-hmm. and uh, there's a thing. It's a thing. different different time. I know, and it's weird because it's just weird. But not that was she underage? Time. How old? How old was yeah. she? Yeah, I think she was like 17. What? Wait, no, that's not underage though. Yes, it is. Yeah, 18 is uh, of age. Are you talking Canada? This is different. No, I'm talking in the states. Yeah, 17 was is is underage. If you're an adult, if you're an adult, you cannot. Uh, Isn't it 15 there? No. 
That's only in Canada? We can double check that if you want. And what a creepy thing it is that we're going to double check that. Of course, it also depends on the state as well. Right. Because it's a, it's a state law, not a federal law. Yeah, right now it's a state of shock for me, that uh, <laughs> kind of thing. Let's what just, do you mean state of shock? For what? Just, or are you just making it? I'm just, I'm, I'm, having a, I'm telling a joke, Dave. Okay. Telling well, a, just because you said it, state of shock. So I just wondered, yeah. why are you? Can I say one thing about, uh, no. about late night hosts? Sure. 12.30 is always better than 11.30. Yeah. Whatever's on at 12.30, mm. even if it's the same host who then moves to 11.30, yeah. they're always better at 12.30. Of course. Yep. It's a freer time. It's a freer time. And That's where less, comedy happens. There's less less eyes on you. Like, as soon as you move to a prime slot, which is what 11.30 is considered in, in talk show circles, mm-hmm. same time The Tonight Show, you know, uh, it's, yeah, you just have way more people, way more notes, way right. more people involved, just... Letterman twelve thirty, Conan twelve thirty. Yeah. 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 Great. Conan, you know, wasn't really my cup of tea altogether. But I did like the sketches and stuff that they did on the show. Um but yeah, like Letterman, you know, like you get the opportunity to to rewrite, you know, what what late night comedy can be and that's that's what he did. But he had the opportunity because no one was looking. Yeah. You know. No one cared. Sure you can have Brother Theodore on some obscure Cartoonist from Cleveland, go ahead. Let you know he could have him on the show. He's going to criticize General Electric, whatever. David Letterman's going to generalize, criticize General Electric, whatever. He's going to throw stuff off a roof, that's fine. Yeah, I just wonder if there's anything showbiz that's sacred to break anymore like that. Like that was the thing was like you know the twelve. You would have like the Tomorrow Show or mm-hmm. or, what, or what have you. Then you'd have like a Tom Snyder who was yeah. like a loosey goosey, smoky guy. <laughs> but but yeah. Letterman just like tore it all up. Yeah, tore it all up. And I was yeah. just wondering if there's anything like that's sacred on television now that yeah. someone could come along and just break apart and reconstruct and rebuild. I'm not sure there is. I think everything's been commented on and recommented on and parodied. Yeah, you know. I don't think I don't I I don't necessarily think think there is in mainstream uh, mainstream television. Well, you know, I mean, it's possible that the next generations will have their sacred cows that that you know are ready to be smashed. But I don't. Yeah, I don't think in terms of form, it feels like yeah. I also think there's less mainstream than there used to be. Well, that's so there, for sure. So there isn't uh, yeah. anything to yeah. you know that's really sure. uh, deconstruct. No, you can just yes, yes. everything. So it's so atomized that uh, like what what are you going to be making fun of? YouTube videos, I vines. Think, I think you might be able to do it more in a place like Canada, where we do have something like the CBC is more structured. Yeah, uh, where things are more state. I mean, we had of course SCTV, which broke it all down and made fun of it all. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. you know that was so that was so long ago. Yeah, but maybe we maybe we do have some stuff here that could be uh, broken broken apart. Sure, I don't know. Uh, well, we have a show that should be doing it, but never has never done it. And what is that show? This hour has twenty two minutes. Mm. And we've got our bitterness because you know once that it's shows not, off the air, it's not bitterness. Where we we've got a job. It's not bitterness. I mean that that listen to past episodes and see how that actually is a true story. <laughs> please please listen to those past. Yes, but I don't know if it's. I don't think it's bitterness. I don't. Let's talk about let's talk um, about this hour has twenty two minutes, Dave. That actually is one of my favorite topics. Is it really? Yes, it actually is. I mean. 
I am long in my twenties. If you want to talk about this, you're yes. not in your twenties. You just, liar! No, I'm talking about the past. Oh, okay. In my in the past, when I was in my. I'm sorry, 20s. Dave, for calling you out on not yeah. being in your twenties. That's fine. I apologize. You're me too. Mo- moment there. Just because you said you were uh, yeah. th- thirty years ago, you were traveling through the thing, which would have meant you were negative ten years driving through the old neighborhood. Yeah. It would have made no sense. Yeah. Your story didn't check out. <laughs> I apologize. Uh, when when I was in my twenties. I had an unlimited amount of sour grapes that I could <laughs> liberally spread all over what, right. all kinds of different media. And you didn't drink wine, so you couldn't even no, enjoy I them. No, I couldn't even enjoy them. This, this is horrible. But now, I don't feel that way about things. Like, I don't judge things, like, from a from a place of jealousy or envy or whatever. Okay. I'm sort of... Lisa always mentions that. And I think she's a little disgusted by my... How unjealous I am of things or how little envy I have of other people. I mean, she's it's bizarre to her. Um, what should you be envious of? Someone with a better what? Yeah, I don't know. More money, better job. Okay, and you know, then, and then what? more, more. Is there status? a specific person you that she's thinking no, about? Like, oh, I don't you should think be it's a specific person. But I think she probably feels like I have underachieved in my life. Okay, and that if I had more ambition or envy or jealousy, that I would have pushed myself forward more. Hmm. All right. I don't know. Those are motivators. I don't know yeah. how long they uh, I don't, last. I don't, I don't think they're very healthy. Either. Yeah, they're self, they're 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 a little they're a little yeah. demon that will poke you in the bum with its pitchfork, but will eventually you know uh, extract a price. And I don't want to if you stick around to, with them for too long. I don't want to speak for Lisa because that makes it makes it sound like. That's, but if you do, please yeah. you do her voice. <laughs> it makes it sound like she's some sort of weird careerist who's angry at me. Like she's not. Like you know, she lo- totally loves me. Totally accepts who I am. But you know. Finds it bizarre that I'm, you know, I can just be like, oh yeah, hmm. they bought a new car. Oh yeah, that's good. Good for them. Don't don't wish that dead on would anyone. Would you be happier in a new car? Yeah, of course, I would be happier in a new car. Would but you? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Listen to better music in that car. Yeah, I could have, have better conversation. I could have a Bluetooth in my car. That'd be really nice. All right. Instead of my dumb old 2006 car that was made the year before they put in the auxiliary plugins for cars. Oh, so frustrating. But anyway. Dave, don't be jealous of my heated bathroom floor when you see it. <laughs> oh, well, I will be jealous of that. Because, uh, yeah, that's very, ask me, it's, it's ask nice. Me, ask, me, um, ask me what the bathtub has and ask me to say it uh, in doing an impression of Paul McCartney. Ask oh, okay. Me that. What does the bathroom have or bathtub have? Jets! <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Now, excuse me, I'm going to go masturbate. <laughs> Not in front of me? Right. Wow, well, there goes my Me Too movement. Uh... I was going to say hey, something. John, let's, let's, so, yeah, so let's we can toss just, one off. So we can, well, that was the other weird thing that's come out this week. What are that was the, a weird thing, John. What's all these old people doing right now talking about? I don't you know, know. Having a, <sighs> I'll tell you like, something super fast, by the way. I don't, I don't believe it. Well, he said it. I don't believe that he said it, and I question his What do you mean you don't believe he said it? He said that he said it. No, no. I mean, I can't, I can't believe that he said it. Like As just, in you don't, or are you like, I can't I, believe it. Yeah, I can't believe it. Why would he even say that? No, because it's a fun like thing that lads do, and it's it was a charming little uh, story. It's gross. But here's here's the thing about that. The yeah. second I heard it, yeah. uh, the, the obvious joke has come together. So uh, <laughs> yeah. so I wrote so I went like, Ugh, I can't write the joke on Twitter because that's where I'm plugging my kid's book. Yeah. <laughs> Pardon me. So like, all right, I can do it on Facebook. Here it goes. And I yeah. got some feedback on that. Yeah. Then I then I immediately like uh, went like, oh, you know what? I might be able to you sell the, the over me part. I, no, no, because that comes later, and I understand. Oh, okay. I, okay. You know what? Sure. I understand what you're saying, mm-hmm. but you can only do one joke, 
And then, like, you can do a tag, but it doesn't really work like that. Someone else will say that, and that'll be fine. So it's like, okay, I can put this joke out because someone else is going to do it. So I got to get it out there first. Yeah. yeah. So I got it out there first. Yeah. And then as soon as I saw someone else do it, I pulled it down. Okay. I'm like, okay, this is now going to be the hack joke. Yeah. And I went, like, this is going to be the joke tonight. Sure. Uh, And it was. It was on Colbert that night, and I was like, Oh, what, what's the second joke? And the second joke to me was like, you know, but did they do it in the road? Mm. It's like, okay, that's a little more obscure, a little fun. Sure. It's a goofball sure. thing. Sure. But when I wrote the, when I wrote it as like a tweet to try and sell it to the people I sell these tweets to, yeah. I was like, I oh, can't say masturbating. It's like, okay, pleasuring themselves. Okay, or whatever. <laughs> and I was like, all right, that's fine. And, uh, and so like, and then today it was like, is there anything, is there anything remaining? And it was just talking about how Paul McCartney was complaining a little bit about like doing all these interviews. And I went like, yeah, he says, uh, doing all these interviews has been really draining, but just because he masturbates at each one of them. <laughs> so there you go. So we all have a nice time. And that's, and that's the yeah. Paul McCartney masturbating, uh, story. You know what? Oh, if Paul. it sells albums, it's fine. Maybe that's we'll just having a little, uh, toss off with the yellow submarine. Maybe, maybe that's, uh, <laughs> why not? Maybe that's where the little twist uh, and shout. I wish someone. <laughs> I wish someone had told them all that they have to hide their love away. That's all I have to say. There about you it. go. Thank that's you. great. Now back to you. <laughs> no, uh, we want to talk about uh, this artist for two minutes. Yes. I was merely saying that I can talk about it without without any spite. Yeah, I like this. I like the talk of jealousy, though. That's very interesting to me. Why? Yeah, well, because it's just it's something that's never been like a very strong motivator to me. Like, uh, but you're very competitive. To who? To anyone, like I, I played Street Fighter with you. I know how competitive you get. Yeah, I know it doesn't matter. <laughs> you, well, you say that, but you get very, you get a very set look in your eyes when you. When you play. Right, I don't feel great. Like, look, okay, I don't care about winning, but yeah. I care about playing. Okay. And I will play. I will play hard. Yeah. If I'm if I'm doing an improv scene with someone that's competitive, I will play it as hard as I possibly can. Yeah. But I don't give a shit about winning or not. At okay. the end of it, if I win or lose, I, I honestly yes, don't you're care. not a you're not a poor if loser. If you beat if you yes. beat me in Street Fighter, yeah. at the end of it, I feel the same as if I beat you in Street Fighter. Yeah. No caring about that at all. <laughs> and I'm not competitive work wise because I always feel like the things that I do, there's there is enough work to go around. Yeah. Yeah. Losing, uh, losing that role to Keanu Reeves bugged me back in the day. Yes, it did it. Yep. You felt you were the better one. Uh, no, just because I wanted uh, the money and the, uh, the work. <laughs> you know, fair enough. That's right. Yeah. I'm gonna be. I want to be on TV. Yeah. Who's this guy? Where's he going? Oh boy. Okay, he did well. <laughs> Pretty well. All right. Pretty so, well so this hour is 22 minutes. Really super fast backstory. Dave and I put together a sketch comedy show in 1990 with some uh, friends. With some friends, Laura Janiszewski, Roger, Roger Fredericks, Randy Schooley. Uh, and, uh, it was a goofball little thing we put together and we, and we had actually sold it to the CBC, uh, to replace a show called, uh, Codco. Yeah. There was a sketch comedy show that, uh, they did out of the Maritimes, but then the Codco folks put together a show called 22, this hour is 22 minutes, loosely based on this hour has seven days, which was a Canadian, an old Canadian news magazine, news, news magazine show. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, we were told by the fella who was head of comedy, who was also uh, in the Frantics and was Mr. Canoehead. So I got told this by Mr. Canoehead. Yes. Uh, every time I say Mr. Canoehead, I think of this. Uh, he said, like, uh, if if this show fails, though, you're our next one out of the gate because he really liked us. Yeah. So anyway, waiting for that to happen. So <laughs> most successful amazing. show yeah. ever. This for show CBC. has 22 years. Oh, my Lord. It's been longer than 22 yeah, years, I'm pretty sure. I know. It is. Okay. So that's that's our history with the show. Yeah, uh, we're waiting. The second is over, <laughs> we'll be in. There. Like to be fair, one of the members of our group has since passed away. Yeah. that's how that's how long it's been. Uh, <laughs> but we're still gonna do it. Yes, and there we go. Okay, go ahead. Back to you, Dave. So your feelings on this era is twenty two minutes. <laughs> I don't even remember where we are going now. Uh, 
You were saying that it wasn't doing the thing that it should do in Canada. Oh, yes. It's not doing the thing that it should do, which is that it should be it should be taking our institutions, all our institutions, to task. You know, but instead it feels like it's it's very agreeable about things. Yes, there is some there is some mockery of politicians, but once again, easy targets, not you know, politicians are easy targets for for lighthearted fun. And the mockery is seldom very different from how you would mock each politician. Yeah. They are mocked in the same way at the same yeah. level. Yeah, they're not mocked for their policies or what they believe in or how they govern. They're just it is a goof off. Yeah, it's a Roy. What, what was that guy? Who was the Who was the guy? I never met a man I, I didn't like. Who was that guy? It was like a uh, Roy Rogers. I want to save Roy Rogers. That's not right. <laughs> that's not right. It's very close to that. Will Rogers. Will Rogers. It was Will Rogers, and Will Rogers <laughs> would would do political jokes, but he'd yeah. make sure that he did an equal amount. Yes. On both sides. Sure. And I and always such an easy laid back manner that it was. And it sounds yeah. it sounds like well that sounds fair. Mm-hmm. Do equal jokes about both sides. Yeah. But no. But then you're. Making fun of the people who, you know, then you're not making fun of people for what they're doing. Yeah. You're making fun of people for uh, the, their their political party. And yeah. then so the people who are doing wrong get away with it because it's just they get equal guff to the people who are not doing the wrong things. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, what the fuck is that? <laughs> yes. And also they don't, I don't know, I feel like, you know, it's just like always the pulled punch. Never, there's never like an attempt to like, you know, offend just go out there and just go for it. And know? they seem to delight themselves. They seem to oh, really have a, a good laugh. That's a Canadian thing. I I won't. We seem to delight each other, so you know we can't we can't criticize them. Yeah, for laughing that. at your own jokes is a real tough one. Like it's like it that better be sincere to me, well, and not just you yeah. faking it at the end to try and goose the audience a yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I do not care for that, sir. That's not so good. I do not care for that. As I've said to my daughters many times, of course I laugh at my jokes. Someone has to. <laughs> I went. Uh, I try to. I try to pick up some of that slack. Um, <laughs> when I went to a taping of this Howard Twenty Twenty Minutes, I used to work for a show called Street Sense, and we shared a studio, so we were directly yeah. across from them. Yeah. And so one weekend, I was like, "Oh, I'll go see this show." So I got. I got in the line, got my tickets, and uh, you know, I knew some people, so I got some tickets. Sure, it's very, it's very uh, hard to get free tickets to and shows. And then, as I'm in the mm-hmm. lineup, I'm getting handed wine. Oh, yeah, they had free wine. To people, nice. and I, I'm betting yeah. anything they do not do that anymore. But, uh, <laughs> but it loosened up the audience a bit. Sure. Hey, sure. Lucy Goosey, here yeah, we go. Yeah, and yeah. I felt like this is a cheat. It's a little bit of a cheat. <laughs> it's not the worst thing in the world, but it's sure. like mm, this is now this they is, this now is they give cheating. out bags of weed. So if you can, like I used to like Mary Walsh, and I liked Rick Mercer, mm-hmm. and 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 to me, Mary Mary Walsh came from the perspective of. Uh, this real kind of uh, every woman who wasn't scared of nothing. Yeah. And she was like, you know, that person, you know, like, I'll tell you what it's like. And she'll do it. And <laughs> yeah. she'll she'll tell it to you. And she could say it in a good way. And it was like, she's legit pissed off. I guess. But she's always felt like she's part of the, the, I can't think of the word now. The, okay. Establishment? Establishment. Yeah. That's what. You're not wrong. Like all of them are like part that's of. That's the problem. Yeah. It's like they became part of what it is. Yeah. So they're not the outsider shooting it down. Yeah. And like Rick Mercer, like to me the most 
yeah, he got most famous for like uh, talking to Americans. So he'd go to the states and he'd yes, you know, do is this a, little trivia. I think it's an unfair. It's un- it's unfair, but comedy doesn't have to be fair no, as long as true. it's funny. Yeah. And so he'd get people congratulating, you know, Canada on their first paved road, and <laughs> you know, a lot of that kind of stuff. So it's it's fun. Sure. And the and the joke is not necessarily on Americans are dumb. Yeah. But just like no one knows what Canada is, so we're gonna have a good time yeah. with it. And, yeah. Uh, fair, fair. But the other thing he did was. I think it was like Stockwell Day, and and I forget what he was what he was proposing. He was a politician, but it was like if the vote was fifty one percent, I believe that's what it was, and I'm I'm gonna paraphrase here. But it was fifty one percent for something that was very important. Uh, then yeah, it, it was about ca- the uh, separation. Was but, that what it was? The, the when they had the, uh, you know, when they had the vote. I don't the it's referendum. Boy, I can't. Yes, referendum. Thank you. Okay. I can't remember any words today. Whatever, Sorry, what, what? yeah, what it was, and I, I believe you, but like it was like fifty-one percent, and this was nothing. Yeah. And it was like, what? How can fifty-one percent, you know, determine what? The, I mean, I understand, but mm. yeah. And so what? Uh, what Rick Mercer uh, did was he went, we're going to have a vote, and if fifty-one percent of the vote uh, to this says that Stockwell Day should change his name to Doris Day, <laughs> he's going to have to because yeah. he believes this. Yeah. And here we go. Yeah. And so yeah, it was an interesting thing because it educ he in doing that educated people. About about the issue mm-hmm. and, and and in a very funny way and it pissed off Stockwell Day and it was like that's great yeah. and it was funny and yeah. it was bizarre and it did and it was like ah yes this is what you should do yeah. but the rest of it was just so mild yes. and then what happened was The Daily Show came out mm-hmm. and not, and the second version of The Daily Show which was the John Stewart version before yeah. that it was more we're going to go out and we're going to make fun of uh, Hicks yeah. that was what they did make fun of celebrities and be kind of mean sure and then and John Stewart went we're going to have like a, we got to only make fun of people that uh, deserve it yeah. and we're going to really try and break down politics and they did it and you know what John Stewart did with The Daily Show and I, I went like oh okay now they, they might get it because it's a very similar format mm-hmm. both are fake news formats yeah. let's see here comes Canada have you got it and no, no. Rick Mercer went off to do his own show, yeah. and his show was more. I'm going to travel around Canada, it's more of a just, community show, just yeah. trying things with people sure. and showing Canada, which is fine. But then every show, he'd also do a rant where he'd, which was probably the best part of the show, where he like walk up. He and also down. did it on 22 minutes. Yes, it was the same thing where he'd yeah. walk. But when he did it on 22 minutes, it just felt so raw. It was like yeah. this guy who's so pissed off that he's got to walk this off. He can't just say <laughs> it. And he would just like walk down, sure. barrel down an alley yeah. that looked kind of scummy, and 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 uh, or like somewhere in in Halifax, like, like a docks, walk yeah. through, yeah, walk through a, uh, a graveyard. Yeah, uh, you know, he just walked through whatever, and he just like say what he felt and he yeah. said it very succinctly and it was very tight and it was two minutes and the camera person had to walk backwards so fast and I've <laughs> seen them do it and it's scary how fast that camera person has to walk huh. and it was like yeah this is really effective this is like ah good he sums it up Mwah. if it could all be this that'd be great but then he kept doing it on his other show to the point where like well it's just he's just yeah. he's, he's, only he's, so many things he can complain about yeah he's, he's saying it in the same way every yeah. show yeah. down the same alley and now we're all numb to it and yeah. you can't just keep doing the same thing every time sure even if it's a good thing it's like yeah. eh. and so yeah it, it, someone it lost told that it. to Saturday Night Live Saturday Night Live changes hmm. no they change I know they change cast but as long as the cast is there the characters are there what, what characters are those I don't know whatever characters no, Saturday Night Live changes. They 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 keep the same success rate, but I'd say tonally Jeopardy. Yeah, Jeopardy. It's very different. 
their uh, their the types of Jeopardy sketches they've done are like Family Feud sketches or whatever. I mean, mm-hmm. that's usually like a a thing to do celebrities. Yeah. But if you look at something like the Adam Sandler years, mm-hmm. you know, uh, versus you know the Tina Fey years versus yeah, yeah. the whatever no, no, it yeah. is now, yeah, yeah, it's very 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 different tonally the the kind of sketches they do. Do you think it's all the same? No, no, no. I'm saying, but when the cast is the same, it's the same things over and over again. Oh, okay, I get you. The cast is yeah, there. I hear you. But I think I think this hour is 22 minutes has definitely become such a, as you say, part of the structure of Canada that they can't comment on it anymore. Yeah, yeah. And I remember also they're part of the CBC, which is like barely hanging in there, and you know, so if you offend the government, they're the ones who are paying for you. So they're the ones who can pull your pay. They're the ones who can, yeah. de- you know, take away funding for CBC. So you've got to play the game with them. It is the it's the weird also... thing of like the people that they make fun of are the people that pay for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is a very weird thing. Yeah. Remember when Mary it's Walsh... Like the, seems like, it's not like the BBC, which is sort of independent of the government in, in, in Great it, Britain. It, but it's always felt that way. It always felt like there was a distance yeah. there. But I think that's also because there's so many people in England that there is a distance. It just feels yeah. your own thing. Like, here's how old the show is. Uh, Mary Walsh, up until a couple of years ago, was still doing a Xena parody on there where she'd <laughs> go, go and like interview yeah. politicians. And I did not, like, the first time I saw it, it was like, well, good on you. You're basically, <laughs> you're putting on a bathing suit. Yeah. And you're just looking like crazy. Yeah. You're uh, talking to a politician. They're stunned. Yeah, they yeah. don't know what's going on. Yeah. But by the end, everyone knows she's there sure, and yeah. what they're going to do. And yeah. what she would do was she'd just do all her jokes like rapid fire, not let give them a, 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 a moment to answer. Yeah. And, and I was like, Oh, that's yeah. just lame. Whereas, like someone like a Stephen Colbert, when he was on The Daily Show, even though I realize you edit things to just your successes, yeah. would like let a person say something and then we'll respond to it, yeah. which is so much of a higher game. Yeah. You load up with certain things, but mm-hmm. then you, you yeah. know, you got to be quicker. Yeah. And then when he was on the Colbert Report, he could actually interview someone in character and and do direct the like, zings on them in a way that I, I think like we just freaking can't, and it's a drag. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then the thing that would bug me about this hour—we're too, we're too polite. Here's the, the thing: problem. we're so kind in Canada. We're not, though. That's the I thing. Know. We are <laughs> it's mean. A bunch of bullshit. Yeah, but the <laughs> thing that really bugged me about like uh, air farce and this hour's twenty-two minutes mm-hmm. was in both cases they didn't stop and then let new shows come in. They would bring in young people and feed them into their machine, yeah. and then the young people would just adopt the habits. Of of the previous shows, yeah, yeah. and they'll yeah, that's right. The like so take it like you say with Saturday Night Live is and they're different different years with different casts. Whereas this hour is twenty two minutes has this sort of set formula, and people just kind of step into it and just carry on with the formula. They yeah, the tone they don't bring never a new, changes new energy to it or a different well, tack this, or this was something with improv too. Was like when I started doing improv. I came in with a group. I came in with Randy Schooley and Christine Lippa and Chris Casilla and some other people. Sure. And so we all, when we when we started, we all kind of came in and had our own style that we had built up. But I think like if we came in one at a time, then you would be absorbed into the the flavor of the of the group, sure. and you try to set keep that tone, and then you know nothing ever changes, and you never mm-hmm. have any change in in, in style. Whereas yeah. you need like. Uh, you know, even though I wasn't a huge fan of it, like a Chris Farley and an Adam Sandler and a David Spade all coming in at once. Yeah. Now they've got a tone. They're doing some sketches together. Now that's succeeding. Now that changes things. 
you know, and uh, yeah, you don't get it if you just get like one at a time and then yeah. it's all absorbed. And I think that really has happened with 22 minutes. So what we're saying is 22 minutes, got to be done. And then we'll take over <laughs> and we'll show you what's with what. Our, with our brilliant sketch comedy show. Now, David, we're at about an all hour. All the sketches are out of date. That's right. Oh. So dated. Yeah, I wonder how out of date. Well, no, we got, I got, uh, we got like songs about uh, uh, Saskatchewan naval disasters. They were never That's in ne- date, never in or out of date. They just. Do you there. remember any of your sketches? I don't remember any of my sketches. Well, you were, uh, were you high? Were you were you were a waiter? I remember that from one of your. I don't uh, even pictures. know if it was a sketch. Though. I think we just dressed up in some I costumes. Think we did dressed up in some for, costumes. They just were like, uh, you know, un, were you unrelated. Hiram Gunnigan or was uh, was Roger Hiram Gunnigan? I don't know who. You were a couple of hicks by yeah, the side yeah. of the road, yeah, just right. uh, telling it like it is. <laughs> we had no characters there. It's just we put some clothes on, yeah. and created them for the for the for the thing. I had a song about a prince of Persia. I remember that. Mm. It was a prince of Persia who did not have a spleen. I am the prince of Persia. My country's nice and clean. <laughs> remember that all my sketches follow the same they're basically what we we did last week when i was when i was phoning uh chris roberts and i just kept pushing buttons on the phone endlessly yeah. which is my favorite kind of humor it's just like the humor of repetition like tedious repetition i for some reason that just appeals to me so much i like that and i like i like technical I like making fun of technical elements of of television mm. that's what i like so i'm my intent don't have to be wordplay. They tend to be more about technical breakdown or, or things like that. That's all my sketches were related to bad. I think one of them I took out of the show and turned into, I got like into a sketch comedy thing. Do you remember that when I did that sketch with the products that keep breaking down and they did like a radio show? They did it at the Granville Island. They did like a, they got a bunch of free sketches or whatever and, okay. and chose some of them and then presented them on stage using oh, all right. performers. And mine was pretty good. I had pretty good performers for it, but they chose to do it as a radio show or like as a radio act instead of as a full sketch. Mm. And then they cut off the ending, which I didn't like very much. Was the file warrior in the... In, in no, no, this was not the files one. This was okay. one where uh, someone has bought something and it's not working properly, but they don't... But that's... It is, is working properly. It's... They bought the model that's defective and that's mm-hmm. correct. And so the person's trying to explain to them and it goes like that and it goes on and on until they... They kill themselves with a gun. And then it is a problem because that gun was supposed to be defective, but it actually worked. Oh, very good. So this is the thing that, you know. Nice. I like so, it. Yeah, it was, That's very Python-esque. Yes, yeah, so it was kind of Python-esque, which is mo- I was very, I very like Python for that element of their humor where it was about, yeah, it was very technical and very much about, you know, like, yeah, that's what I liked about them best. They nice. made fun of television, but when they made fun of television, it wasn't just television. They made fun of how it works. You know, so yep. they're they broke based... things down in a way that we were describing before. Yeah, like, yeah. What's the structure? Break it down. What's sacred? Break it. Break yeah, it apart. Break it apart. And what's? Let's look at it. Let's look at what this is. Or they just did something. Or they took something. You know, that was very benign and turned into something that was so grotesque that you know it was, became awful. Like their Salad Days parody, yeah. as directed by Sam Peckinpah. Yes. Or is this full of blood? You know. Yes. It's this little kind of late nineteen twenties. <laughs> You know, hello everyone. Let's play tennis. You know, next thing the tennis racket is through someone's chest. And yeah, here's an interesting question: Is like uh, Monty Python. Uh, so, so Monty Python on like Netflix. I wonder what that's rated. Yeah, because when we saw it, it was rated nothing because there's no, no ratings for television. TV. You just watch television. And your dad sat beside you and went, "What are you watching? This garbage." Yeah. And Why is it for sex and violence? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there is a lot of there's some there's some boobage in Monty Python. Yep. And there's a lot of violence. Uh, yeah. And I think all of it's great. How much boobage do we have in our sketch comedy show? We had no boobage. Hmm. 
we missed out on that. Oh, we well. we missed out on the it generation. Was a different that, time. Yes, we couldn't. And no, you know what? I didn't. I mean, I enjoyed it in Monty Python because for them, the the breasts were part of the joke. And so, like in the the sketch is the one where they show breasts is the guy who is an accountant who's going to work, and there's all this exciting things happening around him. His neighbor gets killed by a native throwing a spear. There's a naked woman. There's just all these things that are happening, but he doesn't pay attention to any of it because he's just a boring accountant. Yes, you know, and so he misses all the excitement happening around him, and that's the joke. So it's not just it wasn't just titillation with you know it was it wasn't Benny Hill and Benny Hill it was it was just yeah absolute, that's what I'm saying it wasn't Benny yeah, Hill yeah yeah. Whereas, yeah, Monty Python tend to be more, you know, like they're making fun of that element. There's a, the sketch, the Scott of the Antarctica, where the girl's running and her clothes are being torn off by these cactuses that are in the Antarctica. Because uh, they keep changing where the location is so they haven't fight a lion and all that, you know. So it's such a great, such a great sketch. But yeah, there's a part, and it basically ends with this woman running through these cactuses. And, she's, and we see her from behind and she's slowly stripped naked by all these, you know, because that's what... And they're just making fun of movies who would have that as a, yep. as an element to so you get nakedness. The fact that we also got nakedness is great, by the way. It's great. Because you were just on the hunt at that age. You, you wanted, wanted to see something. Yeah, that was like finding gold. Mm-hmm. Uh, so speaking of movies and TV oh, we and stuff, things, yeah. uh, we're, uh, we're, you know, we're about the hour oh, and sure, a half sure, uh, moment. And what we've been doing lately on the show is, uh, you folks have been sending us your top 10 movies and we've been kind of talking about them just, you know, just for a little bit of a fun kind of thing at the end of a show. And so, and so, uh, today's movies come to us from, from who, David? Uh, this comes from my wife who, uh, her name is Lisa. This seems like a fix. And uh, <laughs> does. Well, she was the first one in, so so sorry, everyone. It does seem like a fix. Mm-hmm. And you know what? what By the way, if fix? you're feeling jealous of David's wife uh, for, for having her top 10 movies, uh, she will support that. <laughs> she will support that, I think. I don't want to make it sound like she's Not at all. Sorry. I had to go for that joke. Yeah, that's no, not fair at all. I feel bad all. that I said that now because it makes it sound so... It's not too late to apologize. I apologize to Lisa for saying that. I'm okay. sorry. I'm sorry. It's just that she has expressed in the past bemusement... At my yeah, and I'm just I, I'm, I'm just trying to speculate why she would feel that way. I'm just saying I'm, you got to be careful now. She has a horse; she could ride away. She could ride <laughs> or ride over me. Just all right. So Lisa sent in her her list of her top ten movies. Now, are you going to go from ten to one, or okay. are we going to go one to ten? I'm going to go or five to ten. I don't then know. Four to one. She didn't list them in a number. She just listed them. So she so let's just, just go numbers. through them. So this so is necessarily started, yeah. It's Number it's one. just a list of ten. Very good. Because she was saying she's always had a top five list of movies, mm. and when we asked her top ten list, she's like, "Oh, I have to make up some lists or make up or find some movies," and then she just went like crazy with them. So very good. Is is in her top five the movie Top Five by Chris Rock? Not very in good. Her top five, but it's not a bad movie. It's okay. It's you know it's yeah it's all right. It's a nice walk and talker. It's not a, not in my top five either, but nope. it's it's funny that if it's on, you watch it. Yeah, yeah, I like him. Okay, so her first choice is her favorite Wes Anderson movie, oh. which is The Royal Tenenbaums. That's her favorite Wes Anderson film, and maybe the first one that she saw, actually. What's your favorite uh, Wes, Wes Anderson? Uh, Moonrise Kingdom. Mine is Life Aquatic with I Steve Caesar. I think that's a very good film. You I think, know, but the good folks out there don't. I think they're know. all very good movies. Like, when you're saying, which one is your favorite? I'm saying mine by five microns is is the as Moonrise Kingdom. I would say this is probably the most accessible. I think if you're, if you're trying to sure, introduce someone sure. to Wes Anderson movies. It's accessible. But to me, Moonrise Kingdom is super accessible because it has this wonderful romance at the center of it. Yeah, which a lot of but you're going to end up with don't... some kids in underwear uh, doing things and you might sure. have a hard time selling that to people. Uh, 
putting fish hooks through their ears and things like that. There's things, yeah. This yeah. is this is a family. This is a family in crisis. Suicide in the movie. There is. Which but a, a Wes Anderson movie is always going to get an animal getting hurt or killed, mm-hmm. and you're going to get some kind of suicide or yeah, some yeah. some weird situation. I mean, that's that's a Wes Anderson movie. Yeah, it's you're going to get you're going to get that in a Fantastic Mr. Fox. Yeah. You're going to get it. Period. I you know I I I liked Bottle Rocket. I liked um, Rushmore. Have not seen Bottle Rocket, but myself. but I loved Royal Tenenbaums. I felt to me mm-hmm. uh, that felt like where he really came into like his full power as, yeah. as a director as a and as a writer and it, it's an owen wilson one as well and so I, I appreciate that those three films by them that they make up the kind of little the, that little kind of trilogy of those two writers together it probably has one of my favorite scenes in a wes anderson movie which is uh ben stiller's children on the fire truck with gene hackman on yeah, it yeah. and then ben stiller pokes his head out and you realize he's riding with him because yes. he gets kind of reunited with, yeah, it, yeah. with his dad and it's it's very very sweet he kind of he lets go of a lot of th- worry. yeah him just saying to his dad it's been a really rough year yeah it's just like always makes me cry yeah 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 i i tear up that movie too it's a very a very effective film and good good with paltrowing in that as well she's very good and i love luke wilson i always yeah. like him in movies and that's one of his one of his best performances i think uh the suicide scene is also really great in that film it's uh just the way he's just the way he says, like the way it starts, and the way it just—it's uh, yeah. so good. And some top drawer uh, Donald Glover in there as well. Mm-hmm. Everyone, wait, yeah. Danny, Danny Glover, Danny Glover. Fuck, I was trying to not say <laughs> Donald Glover instead of Danny Glover because I always get that wrong, and I got it in reverse. Yeah, he was so disappointed ah. when you were so disappointed when you saw Predator Two, and it wasn't Donald Glover. Danny I know Glover. when, he, and he calls himself adultish Gambino, and that's also very confusing to me. <laughs> Adultish bounty. No, no, wait, no, wait, no. Sorry, I got wait. a better one. Okay. Well, you know uh, the difference is. Sure. One is childish Gambino. Yeah. And the other is I'm too old for this shit Gambino. Oh, there you go. Nice, nice. Oh, I gotta just leave now. <laughs> That's as good as I'm gonna get. I'll carry on the show. Episode. I'll just talk about this list All right, by what's myself. What's number? What's the next one? Uh, the next one is uh, her favorite Coen Brothers film. Mm? And by saying that, I should actually point out that she likes no other Coen Brothers film. Wow. Yeah. Okay. This is the only Coen Brothers film she likes. Okay, I like a weird one. All the all the rest of them. All right. Uh, and this is uh, Fargo. Yeah, right. She really likes that film. And I think for her, the mo- the thing that got made the film most accessible, most Coen accessible Brothers. for her Coen was Brothers that Brothers. it says it's a true story. Yeah. Which she she loves true crime. Yeah. That's her bag, because uh, pe- you know why people like true crime? Because they're nosy <laughs> and they like gossip, and it's like the most extreme gossip you can have. People, people's lives ending in murder is so much sensational gossip. Well, you also know it's going to go somewhere because otherwise, why they're making a movie out of it? Whereas yeah. you can't be in a movie that just ends with like, oh, eh. yeah, yeah. No, it's a very good film. I really like. Yeah. It's not my favorite Coen Brothers film, which is Miller's Crossing. Okay, it's my favorite Coen Brothers film. I'm Hot Sucker Proxy, but I'm a weird. <laughs> yeah, that is a crazy one. Yeah, it's a crazy one to me, and it's a good film. But, but it's, it's definitely not, not what you expect yeah. when you're saying, like, what's your favorite Coen mm-hmm, Brothers movie? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But uh, how does uh, has she seen, and if so, how does she feel about the television series? Uh, we, I think she did watch some of it. I tried to watch some of it, too, and I kind of I kind of fell off the wagon. Okay. Part, part way through it, the first I feel season. like it delivers, and the second one especially delivers, mm-hmm. and I couldn't get into the third one. Okay. The one with Ewan McGregor. Yeah. And my friend, I have a friend who's also in the second one, too. So mm. it was like, oh, is she going to get killed? Let's see. Yeah. 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 That's interesting. Yeah, I like Miller's Crossing so much because I feel like it's so true to itself. It's true to its it's true mm-hmm. to its its um, origins, which is in a book called The Glass Key by Dashiell Hammett, 
basically it's a remake of that book and or movie with oh, Ellen okay. Ladd, which is about a, a helper, a, a, a crime boss's fixer who has to try to fix his boss's pro- mistakes uh, because he's he's in love with someone and he's just making all these terrible political, not political, and but I mean political in terms of, you know, uh, crime politics. He's making all these bad choices that's alienating other people and he's having to make these fixes. And what I like about Miller's Crossing is that it's so, it is so cold-blooded, mm-hmm. you know, it's such a cold-blooded film. And I really, but I think that's true. That's true to the noir stories and that's true to, to what it is. Uh, I, you know, and they don't know another film like that. And I, I do like the fact that their films don't really repeat what they, you know, what, what was the success last time. They've never made like another Fargo. And Fargo is so great because Marge is such an appealing character. She's so great. Yeah. Marge they, Gunderson. Yes, that's right. They, they never have. Other people have with the TV series. But yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They don't, they're on to something else. The man who wasn't there or whatever, you know. Yeah. Some other kind of weirdly cold movie that. Hail Caesar. I like that movie a lot. I don't like that movie. I know at all. you don't. I know you don't like oh. that movie. I do like it. I like uh, uh, I like uh, certain scenes from it. It's uh it is so bizarre to Eve that you don't like that movie. Really? Yeah. Oh, she likes it so much she got the DVD of it. Yeah. Uh, so curious. Isn't I'm it? glad I'm she enjoys it. Yeah. Uh num- number whatever. Yep. Third on the list. Uh a film I think is great. Uh Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Yeah. I I love that film. I think it's just fantastic. That film should is is way better than it should be. Uh, <laughs> yes, exactly right. Delightful, full of surprises. Yes. Yes. Yeah, you go into it going, oh, I like this this character because yeah. you like him from television. Mm. And then it just takes you into this crazy world and yeah. it's just way better yeah. than it should be. I didn't really know who he was before I saw it, actually. You didn't see him on Letterman or a mm. talk show guest? No, I somehow missed, missed him. Like, I didn't... Yeah, I have, and I saw it as a sneak preview before Mad Max Beyond the Thunderdome. So I went to a theater and they played Pee-wee's in Big New Adventure. Westminster. No, this was uh, in... Uh, in Vancouver. Oh, okay. I saw, it in, I saw it in New okay. Westminster. At and the place that's now the Eagles Hall. Or maybe it's something else now. <laughs> the, Jeez. Col- the Columbia. Is it yeah. now the Columbia? No, no. That's what it was when it was the movie theater. Yeah, then it became like, Friend of the Eagles. Is it now Laugh Lines? I'm trying to think if, it's, if it is Laugh Lines now. It might be. It was the Raymond Burr Theater, I think, for a while. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. Weird. Uh, yeah. So I went to... Um, Two guys reminiscing. This used to be Orange Groves. <laughs> <laughs> that used to be the woods. I saw a mouse there. <laughs> okay, this is how you do a podcast. Please continue. So, um, yeah, it, so it was so interesting to see it, that movie, which is so great. Yeah. And then followed by Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome, which was so disappointing to me. <laughs> so, it, and it made it just been maybe it was too long an evening to have two films. I'm not a person who likes to sit for four hours, so that was a long time. And Pee Wee takes you through it. Sure does. And it's you partially know, written by uh, Phil Hartman. Yes. It's really a coming together of talent. You know, some, some of the groundlings coming together for that because Pee Wee Herman was part or Paul Rubens was a yeah. groundling. And that's probably where he developed the Pee Wee Herman character. Right. He did the show, the live show, the Pee Wee Herman show. Okay. That Phil Hartman was part of. And oh, see, that was basically yeah. what their, what the kid show was later was mm-hmm. very similar to the, to the live show, wow. which you can still see on YouTube, the original. Uh, not Broadway show, but yes, the, yeah. the original theater theater show. Yeah, interesting. And uh, Tim Burton, I think his first film. Yeah. So he's those got two merged together real good, really well. And the film is 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 uh, paced so well, like it's episodic. It's a road movie. It but it doesn't flag even a scene like. And I always find them boring, so I do think it's a little boring. I don't like the chase sequence through the through the movie studio mm-hmm. very much, where it's just kind of destruction, destruction, destruction. But what makes that so great is that scene to me, which is a little dull, is capped by the wonderful pet store fire, yes. which absolutely 
is the greatest thing. And so it caps it so well that I forgive the movie for its kind of boring. You can start listing scenes from that and you won't stop. Yeah, exactly. Great, great scenes. Yes, yes. Then you'll look, oh, I forgot about Mm -hmm. on a night like this. Like, oh, it's like, oh, I totally forgot about that. Yes. Uh, Everyone I know has a, has a big butt. Oh, I forgot about that. Oh, crying out loud. Yeah. Yes. And, uh, though though it, it could not, neither could live up to that. Uh, I would still uh, say uh, Big Top Pee Wee is worth a watch. It's okay. Yeah, it's, it's okay. got. I watched the character it, changes a little bit, so it's hard. Yeah, to... uh, I watched it again recently, and it it does hold up better than mm. I thought. And I like the uh, Netflix special. He, I thought uh, the Netflix one was very yeah. good. Yeah, I think I think that kind of got back to the heart of Pee Wee. Yeah, in a big way. Whereas the Big Top one, with the romance and things like that, it doesn't really. His character is supposed to be like a little kid, and it doesn't really. They kind of aged him a little. Yeah, kind of aged we're him out of a little part. bit of what we go through with the Marx Brothers. It's like yeah, you know, do yeah. you want him to always be this? Yes, we're going to alter it a little <laughs> bit for that. And uh, yeah. uh, Walter, oh, I forget his name, but he is the subject of uh, the documentary uh, "Beauty Is Embarrassing." Uh, he is the uh, artist. Okay. He was one of the artists sure. on Pee Wee's Playhouse. Uh, yep. He does the voice in Big Top Pee Wee of the pig, and the pig's voice kills me. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Hey, wait, wait. And it just that came. It came like so late in the movie, where not even like super late in the movie, but you, he was with this pig for the whole all this time. Yeah, yeah. And then like you know, way too late to establish that the pig could talk. <laughs> the pig just starts talking. Yeah. I'm like yeah. what? That just uh, still makes me laugh very hard. <laughs> it's so very good. See it's, that movie. Yes, the girls uh, grew up with that film. Yeah. Let me just and say the that. TV show still holds up. When uh, Mary was um, and the Christmas special also very good. When Mary's a little girl, she she did the tequila dance wearing high heels. Nice. So she was very good at that. Nice. Uh, Once again, you keep listing scenes and you just go, you never... Uh... Here is a here's a film that I bet you haven't seen. Probably. Because I never saw it until until Lisa until I got it for Lisa for her birthday or, or Christmas, which is The Horse in the Gray Flannel Suit. It's a Disney film. It has a very young Kurt Russell in it. It oh, has Dean Jones. Wait a minute. I okay. may have. Okay. Yeah. I think this might have been on Wonderful World of Disney. Like, oh, it might have like, been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, I, yeah it's yeah. possible. So why does she like this so much? Uh, horse. I understand, but there's many horse movies out there. Yeah. There's no shortage. Is Black Beauty on this? No. Is the Black Stallion on this? No. Because those aren't really... Is Black Panther on this? Because... He is not a horse, but technically <laughs> he has horse-like qualities. Shoo. Uh, she likes the Horse in the Grey Flannel Suit because it is about show jumping. It's not a racetrack movie. Is Kurt Russell the jockey? No. He's a friend of the daughter who's a, who's a writer. He wouldn't be a jockey. I, but writer. writer. No, he's not a writer. He's just a, he's just a friend who's a little confused by what's going on. Because what, in the movie, uh, Dean Jones is a, is a ad executive. Right. Whose daughter really wants a horse. So what he does is he creates an ad campaign that involves a horse, a horse that jumps. And so the idea is that by sponsoring this horse, this, 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 uh, company will get a bunch of attention. Sounds good. And so, and then there's a little romance between him and the, and the trainer or the, the teacher, like the instructor for the first daughter. And the daughter doesn't ride it in the final, in the final bit. I think it's the instructor who rides it for the final part, but they actually do film it in New York's famous uh, jumping competition. I don't know what it's called. The winter oh, okay. fair or whatever. The jumpies. The jumpies. <laughs> and <laughs> they, uh, yeah, they had, they have this whole sequence of jumping, like oh, show jumping in proper in, show jumping in uh, in uh, Madison Square Garden. Right. They have the whole setup and stuff, and it's weird because it's weird for us because we for, we forget or we don't know that at one time, like show jumping was covered as part of the sports page in the New York Times. Sure. They had writers that would go out and cover jumping shows because the people who went to jumping shows were the wealthy people who you know. And so if you the had your polloi, if yeah. you had your society pages. 
you also had your society sports pages, Makes which was sense. jumping and stuff like that. I like and so, it. I understand. And so it's it's really interesting, and it is a pretty good film in that kind of Disney kind of corny bit. But yeah, Kurt Russell is this confused friend who's supportive, but what the heck's going on? When did a horse become part of your life? And you and know. why is he in a gray flannel suit? I think it's just it's a joke on the man in the gray flannel suit, which was an ad executive movie from the early sixties wow. with Gregory Peck. That's a deep joke. So yes, so uh, by it's lost to us now, but at the time sure it was timely. You know, it had some had some purchase still. Okay, but it's a uh, it's a pretty goofy movie. But if you nice. like horses, I'm if you like bet jumping, no one else puts that on their list, so that's good. <laughs> yes, I think you're right. Uh, this one is Lisa's favorite uh, uh, Miyazaki film. Okay, which is Kiki's Delivery Service. Yeah, is that, is, an interesting is, movie. is that my favorite? I think it is. That's probably my favorite Miyazaki my, movie I think I'd well. go with My Never Totoro as being my favorite. I like favorite, that one. I just, I, I really like the cat on the broom with the, <laughs> I don't know, Kiki. Yeah. This yeah. seems like a bad idea, Kiki. Phil Hartman. Speaking of Phil He's Hartman. so good. He's very good in that role. And, and I like the bread. That make, yes. You just like smell the bread. And I like the fact that she loses her powers. Yeah. And it's a, it's like about her changing from a girl into an ad, into an adult. And it's about... It's about growing up and how we change and what we lose. And it's a very interesting film. Yeah. And I just like the character. And it also says dirigible. Like, what's that? They also say dirigible. Very nice. Instead yes. of uh, Zeppelin or, or Blimp. I, I, I just like that uh, it's just like, yeah, witches are in this world. Yeah. Oh, okay. We got that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's what do they do? Well, let's deliver some bread. Yeah. Of course, that all makes sense. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's, they use their skills to work. Yeah. That's your gimme. Yeah. And there you go. And it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, that's how it is. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. So, very Moving good. on. It's a very good film. Yeah, it's a Agreed. very good film, and I like. I love. I just love the sense of place. Mm-hmm. I love the light. Yeah. I love. Uh, I really, I really do love that movie. I feel the same way about my neighbor Totoro, which is I love the sense of place. I love the mm-hmm. the feel of the Japanese countryside, the trees, the 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 way the water is animated. It's so beautiful. And I the think same be- with Kiki. I think of- you know because it's so surreal. I don't feel it's as grounded, which is not a negative. Yeah, but just the the, the it's just appealing. The village, that whole thing, the grass. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can just. Oh, he does such good wind blowing through grass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got a real sense of place. With you can him. just like I, I feel yeah. like when I see those movies, I can smell them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like that. Mm. Yeah, yeah. You're right. Go out and see some Miyazaki movies, folks. <laughs> They're all good. Nausicaa Valley of the Wind is also very good. Um, let me just. I keep my phone keeps turning off, so I have sure. to turn it back no, it's on good to get for the this battery. list. Uh, next one, a film that only came out last year, but we both loved very much, which is Arrival. The uh, Denis Villeneuve film, uh, right? Was that uh, Amy? Ad- Amy Adams. Amy with, Adams and with, the uh, fella was the who's uh, the fella? Uh, Hawkeye. Yeah, Jeremy Renner. Jeremy Renner. I yeah. wanted. To, I wanted to say that. Yeah. 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 I'm all for that. I'll give you that. It's a. It's a very good film. Very interesting film, and in the sense of uh, how it how it works on your expectations. I don't want to give away too much because maybe nope. people haven't seen this nope. pretty new. There's uh, genuine sci-fi twists in it. But yeah, it, that it's an interesting science fiction film, that it's not... A guy at work was very disappointed when he saw it because it wasn't about shooting aliens. It was about communicating with aliens. It's about alien language. It's yeah. about it's about linguistics and math. And it's very interesting. Maybe I think maybe the weakest part of the film is the inciting incident that kind of, that kind yeah. of kicks off the third act. It feels a little forced just to get it there. Uh, but I do like the fact that one of the soldiers was uh, one of one of the actors from uh, that show from Newfoundland that now has slipped my mind. The kind uh, of private detective Republic show, of Republic Doyle. of Doyle. Yeah, yeah, he's one of the one of the characters from oh, that. Nice. So I was like, oh, he's working. That's nice. I like that. I like the Canadian actors working. Here, uh, Amy Adams, of course, everyone loves Amy Adams. She's very so that's good. Fine. Yeah. yeah, that's no thing. Uh, here's what I'm gonna throw out there. 
Jeremy Renner, mm-hmm. he's good. Look, he is very good. You know, he is a guy that you never go like, ah, oh, well, uh, yay, Jeremy Renner. Yeah, but like. He's in a lot of good things. He is and a good that, actor. That's not a coincidence. Yeah, like it's uh, weird how long it took him to be discovered as a good actor. Like not until the Hurt Locker did we like to take him seriously right. as a as an actor. I mean, I know he's in like an episode of Angel or whatever, but he didn't go like, oh, look at that guy. No, he can sure he play seems a vampire. Like kind of a good. generic guy. Yeah, yeah. But he doesn't get in the way. Mm-hmm. He's he's good enough. Yeah. He doesn't take too much focus. Yeah. He's who you want as a Hawkeye. He's yeah. who you want as your second. Good, kind of that kind of guy in a Tom Cruise movie. Yeah, he's very good in Tag. Very, I have not seen it. You would enjoy Tag, I believe. Your, he's very it. good. In, he's very good in Tag. Do you know what Tag means? It's a. It's a. It's touch actually an acronym. Yeah, touch and go. It's an acronym. I just figured that out. Crazy. Okay. It's crazy that it means that. Why didn't they anyone tell us from we your kids? Well, when will we have time? We're running around. We're running around playing tag. Hey, kids, stop. stop! Stop running! Stop, stop. running and having fun! Well, we're I'm going to tell you what it is. But if you're playing freeze tag, that's a perfect opportunity. Oh, that's a good to point. To tell someone. Yeah. No, it's a it's a wonderful film. So heartfelt. Our communication. It's just, I love the thing of like, mm. I really want to communicate with you. Yeah. That's just a great mm, feeling. Yeah, yeah. 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 And I'm a bit scared. Yeah. Because you're so different. But this is going to work. We're going but to it also work. works because if you're an audience, especially in a movie theater, I think it works better in a movie theater than it yeah. does on TV. Okay. Because in a movie theater, you're, uh, the director is trying to communicate something to you. Yeah. They're introducing you to an alien concept, yeah. even though it's aliens. But mm-hmm. they're introducing you to something. And they want to communicate it with you. And and this is all about communication. And there's a screen between them. And it's almost like shadows. And it does feel almost movie-like. And it's like, oh, this is just good. Then gravity changes. Yeah. And it's like, oh. That's really fun. That's and really then, fun And moment. then, yeah, yeah, that it actually has a point. And it was going somewhere. Yeah. Is like, thank you. Thank you for writing a movie and not just at the end. And yeah. It's yeah. Craziness. Yeah. Did I just come see Pep from seeing Peppermint? Maybe I did. <laughs> Maybe I'm a little mad that I saw Peppermint. Maybe you shouldn't see Peppermint. Okay. Go ahead. Yes. That's a film I'm saving for video. Uh, yeah. Really save it. Save it a long time. Yeah. We save it a long time. Uh, so if, if they do the flop house, then I, I feel like I have to watch it. But uh, Okay. But yeah, I'll be saving it for that. Um, what I was going to say, one more thing about, oh, the scene where they do the gravity, the gravity changes. It's so great because it's such a fun way to de- de- demarcate the diff- the different world they're entering. Yep. You know, like it's going to, it's upside down now, everyone. Yep. So it's going to be all different. You're you as to... disoriented as they are, mm-hmm. which is how yeah. you want to present that. It's really great. Thing. It's just super great. Good job, guys. Yes. I, I pretty much, li- I've liked every Denis Villeneuve film I've seen. And I have not seen Prisoners, but I've seen every other movie. Okay. That I think that I he's done. I have not seen Prisoners either. Yeah, it's supposed to be very good. I just have not. Let's go see it now. Sure, let's go. All right, we just came back from seeing Prisoners. Damn good. Eh. What? Oh, <laughs> I had a different experience. Uh, oh, I'm glad she chose this film because this was our first date. Together. Oh, that's nice. Uh, this movie, I, I was it the movie Dave. It was not the movie Dave, <laughs> which would have been no. That was much later in our in our relationship. Was it the movie David and Lisa? It was not. I did not go. To, <laughs> we did not go see that movie. It was um, not that great a film. I uh, know it's My Life as a Dog, the uh, film oh, by boy. Lasse Helmstrom. I remember liking it, but I don't remember much about it. It's about a boy. I remember who, I saw it at I've the seen Starlight it, Theater. Yes, me, us too, down on on Denman. Yeah. 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 Uh, uh, it's about a boy who is uh, parent, his parents are having trouble, and so he's sent to live with his aunt and uncle, and who are great. Uh, but he's very troubled, and it's called My Life as a Dog because he feels like he is the dog who was sent into space uh, mm. by the Russians. Which and it takes place. It's a it's a period piece. So it's taking place in the, I think the early sixties or late. Right. Excuse me, late fifties. Does 50s. he look through a skylight at a naked lady having a bath? At any he point? might do. 
I think he does. I think he does. That's, okay. a, that's a good scene for, for guys. Guys, we've always <laughs> kind of seen some movies. We're all for that. Um, and uh, yeah, he also has, he also uh, develops a beautiful friendship. And then a, with <laughs> I want a, to say this about girl. that. When you see that, yeah. you want to like stand up in the theater and go, but it's an art house film, so it's okay. Yeah, that's right. I stood up and said uh, that. It's an art house movie. It's, uh, it's, it's okay. I turned into a New Yorker. My New Yorker character. Nah. My New York character Lou. This is a classy Listen, scene. What? It's what's going on? Right. This is okay. This yeah. Is, it's subtitled. <laughs> I was going to say a different word. That's subtitled, right. but I didn't want to. Yeah, anyway, you don't want to know McDonald. I don't want to know McDonald. This. <laughs> I don't want to say that thing. I was going to say that little dumb pun that occurred to me. Yeah, probably for the best. Yeah, it is for the best. Uh, and it's yeah, it's a wonderful, very heartfelt film with a lot of things. It never shows on TV. Yeah. Isn't that weird? Subtitles. Like, what I remember about it, too, was it was playing forever mm-hmm. at that theater. It was back yeah. when, you know, hey, Crocodile Dundee is playing for a year and a half <laughs> yeah, at right. a certain theater, right? Yeah. Why is it Yeah, The Gods Must Be Crazy just yeah. shut down after a three-year run. Yeah. So yeah. we're now having Crocodile Dundee for, like, uh, two, years. <laughs> two years. And then at the Art House movie over there, yeah, you got, like, My Life as a Dog yeah. playing for months. And we had Caligula in town forever. Well, that would come we every had... so often at the weekends, yeah. We had... Um... The uh, God's Must Be Crazy played forever, and then Crocodile Dundee. I don't know why. Yeah, because none of them are good the movies. Theater, it was just Crocodile Dundee. It was like a Broadway show. Yeah. yeah. Like, would you go back to it? Yeah. How many times? How much audiences in Vancouver? Mm-hmm. It's confusing time. Uh, the next film is another film we saw actually saw very recently, and I'm interested that she chose this one. We saw two horse movies or two movies about horses or had horses in them and she chose lean on pete which is a film all right i have not seen that but you did mention yeah i mentioned seeing it before and i I don't go too much into it again but it's a very touching heartfelt gripping uh gut clenching oh goodness this poor boy being (laughs) led into something so terrible uh you know is this there's a really really good movie um uh it's 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 really touching and 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 you feel you feel everything he goes through and it's it's interesting with having kids like a good young actor in a movie for whatever reason it opens your vulnerabilities vulnerabilities as an, as sure. an adult to what they're going through absolutely because you're so concerned for them because you feel like they need you with them to na- help them navigate the situation they're in and you're not there so you're only watching from afar <laughs> you're only watching from afar and so worried for them you know, just so worried for them because you just wish you could, you know, come to them and and help them and comfort them and give them what they need. But you can't. You can only watch from a distance. And it's, you know, and it's, I guess, part of what life is like, too. There's so many times in our lives where we see kids in situations where we wish we could help them and comfort them and take them out of that situation. But we can't. We can only watch yeah. from a distance because we don't we don't have that. We're not allowed to, basically. And, yeah, it's a, it's a very good movie. Very good film. And I highly recommend it to people. Okay. Lean on Pete. And the other one I was the the rider, which I thought was also a very good film, but I'm surprised she didn't choose that one. And I have to ask her why. Yeah. The next film, I've seen this film, and I'm not sure exactly why she likes it so much. It's um, the film from oh no, geez. you can ask her when you get home. Yeah. Uh, it's the Tree of Life, the film by that oh, okay. director that, not seen that that everyone likes. That for the longest time, you know, he made the movie with um, Martin Sheen and Sissy Spacek. Come on, everyone, tell tell me what that movie was. And then he made the one with Richard Gere and uh, and the, something Adams, I think. And and uh, I can't remember that one's called either. Okay. I have a terrible. I don't know why my memory's gone. Yeah, this is really going we downhill. We have devices that could look that right up, but, uh, but I'm not going to do it. I can't remember the director's name. I just no, feel so bad. Just beat yourself up. I can normally like while. just do these things off the top of my head. I must be a little tired today. Um, 
And yeah, uh, this director, who also directed The Thin Red Line, mm-hmm. the war film, and uh, you know the one I'm talking about? I, I, always th- I always thought you were going to say The Thin Blue Line. No, that's a documentary by yeah. Errol Morris. See, I okay. can remember Errol Morris's name. I can't remember the name of the stupid director. I didn't know there was a movie called The Thin Red Line. All yeah, right. it's about the war in the Pacific. Very good. Maybe every time has Woody Harrelson in it. Maybe it's every got, time like, I've seen a thin red line, I find oh, it's a thin blue line. I saw this. <laughs> I saw this movie. Yeah, no, it's a quite a good war film. Uh, By the way, every one of these movies that I've seen, I do try to remember what theater I saw them in, mm. as I always do. Okay, thin, a lot of them I see on home thin video. Thin blue line I saw at the uh, Royal, uh, uh, what a Royal Bank Cinemas. The ones oh, Royal like, Center, yeah, Royal Center, Center. Yeah. yeah, sure. Um, yeah, that's probably where I play goes. That those are small, small theaters there. Anyway, the Tree of Life is a, it's a very, it's a very artsy film artsy film it's a it has it start opens with like the creation of the universe okay and then it concentrates it has brad pitt and it kind of shows him as an adult and him as a kid and their experiences with with their father and it's a very strange i think is the father played by sean penn in the movie yes Someone rem- i think so okay i do think it's, that's correct I've, once again it's a movie i've seen once uh, or at least i've seen it a couple of times because she likes it a lot uh, and I really, I cannot say why she likes it so much. Like I cannot, uh, you know, I think it's an okay, uh, you know, it's a pretty good film and uh, and everything, but. Then let me ask this. Yeah. Because sometimes Lisa will write yeah. uh, after the shows and yeah. say things. So uh, do, do you have anything you want to add? Yeah. And please leave it in the message uh, mm-hmm. section. And if you folks have seen it yeah. and you like it, let us know as well. Uh, com. Hopefully she's still talking to me after listening to the beginning of the show. Yeah, yeah, man. You were just really going off on it. And also I know she's a huge This Hour is 22 Minutes fan, so I think uh, you're in a lot of trouble for that. I'm in a lot of trouble for that, too. Loves the Marge Hunty. Marge Delahunty, that's right. Marge Delahunty. She likes a tough-talking... Yeah, who is not Large Marge. No, not Large Marge from from Pee-wee's Big Adventure. She probably would prefer her if she was Large Marge from Pee-wee's Big Adventure. I could see her playing Large Marge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, her final one on the list is uh the great gatsby which version not the boring robert redford one okay the very good baz lerman one. Oh, okay interesting which she likes a lot because i've seen most of it okay yeah she she Old feels sport. she feels like it <laughs> she feels like it the in the way he films it really gets to the heart of what the great right. i've got to ask about. a question though mm-hmm. did she now you might know this or not sure. did she see it in the theater no it's on tv Okay, well, then my second question is not valid. Okay, what were you going to say? Sorry. Did she see it in 3D? I don't think so, no. Because it was a 3D movie. Oh, wow. And that's one of my problems. Like, when I watch it, I, it's like anytime there's a movie that was a 3D movie. Yeah. And, like, a guy's, like, reaching out and yeah, stuff. Yeah, and it's, like, yeah. everything but taking out the uh, the ping pong balls and just, like, <laughs> knocking them towards you. Well, that's... But that scene, that scene where he reaches out with the glass... It works. ...and toasts you. But, you know, it's a it's, 3D scene as well. Yeah. It, it works. It works. In fact, it's a... She does. She does the Great Gatsby for her for her ESL students mm-hmm. as the the ones who are a little more advanced. They don't do the actual book. They do like a paraphrased version of books and stuff for ESL. Okay. But she also likes the she likes the theme of of the Great Gatsby, and she really feels what like what is the theme of the Great Gatsby? I I, I, I don't know. She's told right. she said it once before. Then uh, let me just directly ask. Yeah. What's the theme of The Great Gatsby? Please believe it in the message I don't, below. I don't know if you remember. We phoned her and she told us on the phone what the theme of The Great Gatsby was. Do you remember that episode? We did do that. Did we? Yeah. Because I was curious. I was like, well, we'll get Lisa to talk about it because I know that she loves this. Wow. Okay. Look. Yeah. Then what I've got to ask you to do right yeah. now yeah. is find out what that episode was. <laughs> and point people towards it. And and then give a link yeah. so that people could like listen to sure. when that was. Sure. Yeah. 
Um, sorry, I don't want you to have. Sorry, Lisa, I don't want you to have to like do this twice. Yeah, yeah, explain it twice. Yeah, fool me once, mm-hmm. shame on us. Fool yeah. us twice, we should have looked it up. Yeah, this has several themes, but um, but she really, yeah, she really likes it. And, she, I, and the book is about the jazz age. It's about this age that was bright and dynamic right. and brassy and loud and in your face. And the Robert Redford Mia Farrow one is very subdued. It's a very subdued film. It's it's and it doesn't really bring out that element of the time. Whereas whereas the Baz Luhrmann one is it's gross. It's lurid. It's it's too much. It's too much of everything. It okay. just feels like you're. It feels like a headache sometimes. There's elements of it which just are too much for your eyes to to enjoy, and it should be because it is about a time period that was like that. That was too much for people who were there to enjoy. Yeah. It was so much, you know, too much. It's uh, yeah, and I, and yeah, I'll find out what what episode that was when when Lisa. Gave her wonderful interpretation, her personal, what she personally likes about it so much. Yeah, I do enjoy a Baz Luhrmann. Yes. Yeah. What are you going to show me? Yeah, it's something. I'm, <laughs> I haven't seen this before. I'm in. All right, let's go. I haven't seen Australia. Maybe Australia is bad. But, uh, you know, I, I, I like the rest that I've seen. Oh, my gosh. So What's Lisa that? also has included some other films. I'm just going to quickly go through this list. She sure. said, Bullet list. She said in no particular order, yep. more films that she likes a lot. All right, let's bullet, let's bullet through them. Here we go. Boyhood. Yeah, oh, that's amazing. That's an amazing film. That's an amazing film. Yeah, uh, and yeah. I, it's and I think great. I was so disappointed that it didn't win the Oscar because I felt like, oh. I felt like it was such an achievement for all those people, not yeah. just not just for the director, but for the actors who dedicated twenty years of their life, basically, off and on, off and on. Not I mean, you know, it's yeah. not consistently, but but every few years they had to go back yeah. and reintroduce themselves to this yeah. character, their characters and their parts and play this role. And I think everyone does so great. And it has one of my favorite Richard Linklater scenes, talking scenes, which is the boy on the bike talking with the girl when they're walking along the street. And it's so, it is so natural. What, how you talk to girls and how yeah. you, you know, and it's just, it's just really good. So yeah, it's just yeah. a really great You film. know what? I know it probably should have won the Oscar, but it was so good it didn't need to win the Oscar. <laughs> there you go. It was sure. beyond the Oscar. Sure, it's beyond it. It's, you it's, know what? Chicago won the Oscar as well. So, yeah, eh, yeah, you're eh, right. Eh. All right. <laughs> Move on. Uh, sleeper. Yeah, Woody Allen Sleeper. I, Fantastic I, I film. broke up with someone over Sleeper. <laughs> like, I liked it. They didn't. Uh, they told me to get out. Wow. Yep. Wow. Get um, out! And uh, that was it. Lisa had a similar experience that I did because it's one of those films I'd already seen. Um, I'd already seen Take the Money and Run. That was my first experience of seeing a Woody Allen film. Wow. You really started at the beginning. Yeah, right? yeah. How did you not see Annie Hall first? How was that possible? I saw it when I was in grade... I saw it during the 1976 Olympics, to give you a sense. So I was in grade four when I saw... Okay. I was in between grade four and grade five. All right. I was on my summer vacation. I was hot. I had to go... Because I have... I have, I suffer from uh, sunstroke really easily. Yeah. I had sunstroke at 76 as well. Okay. We had bad sunstroke in our family. Yeah. And we watched the Olympics. Okay. Because we all had sunstroke. So what, we were on vacation at a, at a lake. And yeah. so I, I would have to go into the motel room and sit in, in the cool for every day for a little while, for a couple of hours, so I wouldn't get sick. And so I would watch TV. And I turned on the television and I stumbled upon this documentary as I or whatever it's supposed to be this weird mockumentary movie about this robber and I just started watching it and I thought it was brilliant and great and so hilarious and then the next year a friend that I made at the lake I was staying over at his house and we happened to turn on the tv and find sleeper and basically I broke up with his friend over sleeper as well (laughs) because I thought it was hilarious and he didn't like it that much and he didn't want to watch it, but I did. And so I insisted on watching it. And then we never really connected after that. We kind of drifted apart. Did you have a strange man who uh, dropped off buckets of crabs on your front uh, 
uh, deck because we had that as well during the, that time period. No. Yeah. Anyway, that's all. That's, that is very <laughs> that's much... My other, that's my other memory from that uh, time period. I a lot of throwing singular. up, watching the Olympics, <laughs> and then opening the door and going, oh, crabs. That's a lot of crabs because the crabs would make their way out of the bucket. And, and I was like, what's this? Is he flirting? Is he weird? It was like, we're told, don't talk to the guy, but we'll take the crabs. Sure. Okay. Uh, the next one is, uh, oh, uh, we already kind of talked about it. My Neighbor Totoro, which is my yeah. personal favorite Hayao Miyazaki film. Totoro, Totoro. Yeah, so good. Such a brilliant film about, because it's such a sad element to the film. Yeah. I mean, it's about a girl whose mother is sick, yeah. who's not home. The dad's trying to keep the family together. The they can. And then you have this weird magical element with Totoro and all the it little creatures. It slowly comes in, like the dust bunnies are a little oh, weird. And it yeah. just introduces the world, unfolds it's it, unfolds so good. it to get the so cat good. bus and Totoro and that. Yeah. <laughs> and you don't get the thing that you would get with, I think, uh, like a, a European movie, where it's like, and these are all symbols of the thing you're going through yeah, emotionally. Yeah, yeah. The Totoro is really the cancer. <laughs> uh, the, 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 the little things. Uh, fuck off. No, it's just the ma- world's magic. Yeah. The end. Yeah. The world's magic. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. And I like that there's like a disagreeable, disagreeable character in the boy who doesn't want to be with girls. Yeah. And blah. I don't want to do this stuff. I'm not going to hang around with you. I'm not yeah. even going to help you. <laughs> this is like a jerk, but right. it's realistically and tricky. Like, yeah, it's because European, it's not a bummer ending. So yeah. good for them. Yeah. Um, the next one is uh, one of the great, I think it's one of the best uh, kind of thrillers that came out of the paranoid 70s era of oh. films about you know government betrayal and stuff like that. And that's Three Days of the Condor, the Robert yeah, Redford yeah. film. Yeah, that's, that's a very, very good. That's yeah. a very good movie. And I just like the, the idea that, you know, you're just a, well, he's just, he's kind of a Jack Ryan. He's yeah. uh he's just a researcher. He's just an analyst. Yeah. He happens to go out for lunch. And over his head. He happens to go out for lunch, comes back to the office. What and happened? Everyone's, everyone's dead. dead. Everyone's dead. Everyone's dead. What yeah, the hell? what's going on? <laughs> yeah. We've all been there. We've all come back uh, from a lunch and everyone's been dead. And instead of that, that you have no you and it's not like he's not like a superstar or whatever. He doesn't get a gun and become a killer and stuff like that. He has to negotiate himself yeah. to safety. And it's such a it's so good. If you haven't seen that movie, uh see it. Yes, and you then think it. And also the parallax view is another yeah. great film. And then also if you want to have fun, uh, think that he's maybe the same character uh, later on in Winter Soldier. Just picture that. Think that he then went worked his way through the government and then uh, became mm. this guy. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Uh, her next film is The Shining. I'm assuming the uh, TV version uh, with the guy from Wings. <laughs> no. <laughs> the movie version. Okay. Uh, what? But that didn't have the uh, hedges. I know. It, they didn't have the topiary animals attack the... Uh, well, then the fuck cat. it. I know. Then that's so, not The Shining, is it? Didn't, it? it didn't have uh, Dan, uh, Danny's... Uh, character appear as an actual person floating in the air um uh, well to me i can't remember the character's yeah, name yeah to me that's like movie. that's like it without the child orgy in the sewer <laughs> then why why am i even here why am i even here yeah amazing movie completely creepy it is a great film and and, and you're pointing out why it is uh, why it is great is that because kubrick disrespected the source material in a in in a way that made it a good movie right because you know? we've got the book it's a great book yeah, but we have the but book. It, I don't think it would, but elements of the book that are interesting wouldn't aren't interesting on the screen as the miniseries proves. Right. You know, like what Kubrick did is adapt it and take pull elements out of it that that bring out the creep factor of it. And in fact, I watched it again recently, uh, and I could really see things that I miss as a, as a young man and stuff watching it is the child abuse element of it. Oh yeah, which yeah. really comes out of it oh, really yeah, strongly. Yeah. If you know, and you know, watching it again, I was just like, oh, this is. Wow, it's really. Why didn't I get pick and, this up when I was in grade I, eight? And what I've picked up since is the thing about like you're thinking like, oh, Shelley Duvall. You really feel for Shelley Duvall. Mm-hmm. But there's a bit of you that's just like, hey, Shelley Duvall, 
get your kid and get out of there. Stop being, you know, you're yeah, a little yeah. bit a part of this, Shelly Duvall. Sure, she is. Yeah. For sure, yeah. But I mean, it's, it's, but it's an honest thing. And I mean, yeah, you can yeah, understand. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't condemn her for it because it, it's this understandable. This could be an art house movie yeah. if they don't go to the Overlook. Yeah. 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 This is this is its own thing mm-hmm. regardless. Yeah. And uh, Jack Nicholson does a great performance as a as a creepy jerk. Yeah. Do you think, though, that... Uh, that um, do, do you think that uh, Stephen King has a point where he's a creep from the get-go and so he doesn't have enough of uh, a story arc on uh, Nicholson? I like all the visuals. Yeah. I can see, like, Stephen King's... Uh, that's one point I kind of get is, like, the first time you see him, he sees this kind of guy. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh, maybe... He, maybe he sh- always? Maybe he should... But, you know, yeah. the thing about uh, people like that is they have to be charming yeah. to the outside world. And then, and then they're the it's the little twist on what they're really like. Well, he is. I mean, he's charming in 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 a Jack Nicholson way. He's charming. He he. So yeah. you're saying that you're he's miscast then? I'm not sure. I just like a little bit, maybe a maybe a little bit trying harder not yeah. not to make everything about himself. Mm. Though I guess that also does kind but of. Work. The but the film, the way the film has to work is it has to establish the child abuse thing quickly. Yeah, and that. Puts a negative on his character right away that he broke Danny's arm, you know. True, but but like the rem- there's also the remorseful abuser. Yeah, who's like, I'll never do that again. Sure. Listen, we're gonna have a fresh start. Yeah. We're gonna be a family. There'll yeah. be that kind of guy, mm-hmm. and then that guy guy always goes on the slide, sure. and this sure. guy goes on the worst slide that there is. It's hard to say, you know. It is. One of the things about Kubrick is that he did mul- multiple multiple takes of scenes. He would do seventy shots yeah. of a of a of a sequence sometimes. And I think part of what he did that for was to tire out the actors. But I think the other thing he tried to do was to uh, have a whole variety of scenes that he could choose from. And sometimes he would choose scenes to the actor's detriment. For instance, Tom Cruise in Eyes Wide Shut. He often chose scenes that where Tom Cruise was at his most wooden because that's what he wanted yeah. that performance to be. And so he would take an awkward or, or kind of badly read scenes because Tom Cruise was trying to give him something. He's like, well, I'm doing this for the 65th time. What does he want? I'll do it this way. I'll do it. Yeah. Th- and then, and so, um, you know, it's, so when you watch this in the Kubrick film, it's hard to criticize that actor because you, because now that I know that, because I feel like this is what Kubrick wanted. He got the performance yeah. he wanted and he wanted it for a reason. And I think he wanted it to be unsettling from the yep. get go, which is why there's that interesting architectural element to the film where the, the, the the overlook is designed so that it actually doesn't make architectural sense. There's yes. stairways that go nowhere. There's doorways that shouldn't be there. There actually are times in the film where the freezer moves from side to side in the hallway. Mm. So one time it's on the right and the next time it's on the left. There are scenes where, where chairs disappear entirely from rooms between, between cuts, not between yeah. people coming in and out of the room at different times. In the actual same scene, the chair disappears behind Jack yeah. Nicholson. So... You know, he was trying to make an unsettling film, a unconsciously unsettling film, and so his choices go in that way. And so, you know, it is what it is. I can, right. I think Stephen King, his, you know, his criticism is right in a way, but basically, his criticism comes down to it's not my book. Right, and I don't want. And to, he's right. I don't want to ruin things if you haven't seen things. So I'm just going to ask you a question. If you do not answer this question, yeah, in the right way, uh, then I will uh, move on. Um, what about the tribute recently to it? To The Shining? Yeah. The Kubrick one? Yeah. I have not seen it. What is that? No, I'm not going to tell you then. Okay. Move on. Okay. Okay. All right. There was something recently that did a very elaborate tribute to it. And I don't want to say what it is because it's a scene in the thing. It's a scene in the movie? Yes. Oh, maybe I have seen it then. Probably. Uh, No, you would know. It's not subtle. (laughs) 
It's a big chunk of it. Let's talk about it after. Very good. Okay. Because you obviously don't want to give it away. Nope. Okay. Uh, next choice is uh, Reservoir Dogs. Which we saw again at the Royal. We uh, saw it together at the Royal. And I liked it so much that I took Lisa to see it at the Ridge Theater. How'd it go? When she loved it. it. Well, okay. she loved it because it's in our list here. Very good. Obviously. Because... Uh, but not again? necessarily, because sometimes people can like something oh, okay. later and not like it at the time. Yeah, yeah. No, she really liked it. Yeah, the really intensity, uh, you know, that uh, just casualness of discussing mm-hmm. things around a table, which now has become a thing that everyone does yes. to death. What Tarantino did in that film, in lots of different ways, like that scene is great. The scene where Michael Madsen's character comes back out of jail and he, and they have like the, the, the he and... Um, uh, Christopher Penn, Chris Penn, wrestle on the floor Chris with, with Lawrence really Tierney this, there, and yeah. he's like, "All right, you guys, knock it off!" And there's all kinds of insulting and stuff like that against you each really other. You really believe these characters? You really do. Like that movie really sells the characters well. Yeah. And you know, it's a typical Tarantino film where the actors in that film all give like the best performances of their lives, yeah. like all of them. Yeah. You know, the only character that I do, the only actor that I really don't like that much in it is uh, Harvey Keitel. Because mm. I just don't think he's his performance is as spot on. Interesting. Okay. I'm not a big fan of Harvey Keitel as an All actor, right. though. So that's more on me than on. And the uh, and the gruesome scene, which isn't really that gruesome, because no. you actually cut away, which yes. makes it more gruesome. Yeah. It's and again, it was it was something that you really didn't get a lot of back then, which mm. was the poppy rock music over something horrific. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but then, like the cutaway, mm. and then the cut back, and you see the repercussions of what happened. Yeah. And you're. Gah! Yeah. Oh boy. To to where if honestly, if you just like look at it, it's like, eh. yeah. You, you see worse stuff on any sure. episode of Game of Thrones. Yeah. But like, oh, it's just still impactful. It's really to well now. sold, and it's a very good film, and it's one of the early films that mess with time. With that's yep. not totally linear. It goes jumps back. But it's st- yeah, it still very understandable. It's still understandable, and and, and it uh, helps. It actually kind of like Pulp Fiction, the going back in time and going back and forth and stuff like that actually helps to to make certain scenes more dramatic, you know, like, cause it's revealing things in the, in a way that's yeah. preferable, you know, like it doesn't start with, all right, you're going to infiltrate this gang and da, 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 da. No, it starts with, you so see I the gang. I would like to see the movie with that character. I like that. <laughs> but you know what I mean? You get yeah. the, you see the character, you see them interacting and then the reveal of who he actually is. That's and you're right. like, whoa, what's going on? And uh, I think, uh, I think maybe the, the film is some prejudice against it now because the poster was too overused in dorm rooms. Okay. Yep, I think well, the, I think the poster. Yeah. Same with that. Same with Pulp Fiction. I think I think the overuse of the poster on everyone's wall has made people go, Ugh. yeah. Which I think also Apocalypse Now suffered from a bit of that. Okay. Where like the poster was just on too many walls. Well, where you're like, and when something's uh, when something's so acclaimed, after a while yeah. you just get tired of acclaim. And you're like, let's let's tear this down what a little bit. What, what you don't like about it, yeah. probably isn't the movie. Sure. But what you don't like about it is the people who like the movie, yeah. perhaps. Well, those those uh, sort of movies are kind of like for me the song. Uh, High, uh, not Highway to Heaven, uh, Stairway to Heaven, mm-hmm. where when it comes on, my mix or whatever, and I'm just like, ugh, Stairway to Heaven. Oh, I've heard this song a million times. I don't even hear it. Oh, this song's so good. Oh, this part of the song. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's where the recorder comes in. That's really well <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. this draws you in because it's so well yeah. done. And also because there's so many knockoffs of uh, uh, Tarantino stuff that you mm. also probably are like going, yeah. oh, Boondog Saints. <laughs> Which I haven't seen, but yeah. That's all right. Next choice, Gallipoli. Okay. You know that film with Mel Gibson? Yep. Uh, it was one of the first films I think we rented on uh, like a VCR. V- yeah, I think, we, I think that's how I saw it too. It was a rented, rented I think film. it might have been a top loader that we saw. Just, you I can't remember much except the ending, which was such a like... <gasps> yeah. That like, as a kid, you're not expecting an ending no, like that. No, no, it's so tragic. This and, is where uh, kids started to like see movies that kids would not normally see. Well, Lisa, that's funny because Lisa and I were talking about this film the other day and I said to her... 
you know, I wonder, like, you know, for for Canada, mm-hmm. World War One was our our introduction as a nation. We became a nation after World okay. War One. Before that, sure. we were a colony of we were a colony. We were a part of the Commonwealth. After World War One, we proved our mettle as a country, as soldiers, as fighters, as part of this this war. We had we had a, a great general who you know Arthur Curry who fought for his troops, fought for Canadian troops, for for him to you know for us to be under him, not under not under the British you know. And I wonder if World War One was as defining for Australia because Gallipoli mm. is about the Australians trying to uh, invade. Turkey during because Turkey was yeah. was part was in, in league with Germany during World War One and so they were trying to storm the beaches of of Turkey and Gallipoli is about a terrible battle there like every battle was terrible of course yeah, yeah, yeah. we have our Somme we have our Ypres we have our yeah. battles but they have their Gallipoli as this sort of nation def- you know war defining horror story and I wonder if that was how Australia was defined as their their time fighting World War One. I'd be curious if people, if Australian listeners listeners are listening, and I know we have some Australian listeners. Uh, if you might you know maybe want to write in and maybe tell us what was the to- what was the defining like sort of nation moment right. your time as a nation rather than as a commonwealth. When you speak of that, what do you speak of? Yeah, yes. yeah. When you say this became this is when we became like you know sep- we separated ourselves from Britain, and Britain could acknowledge us as yes, you are an important nation. Sure. You are. You're worth recognizing. Okay. Any more? Yes. Just gonna, <laughs> All right. We got to really burn through them then because okay. we're, we're at uh, two hours, 30 minutes. Okay. Now. All right. All right. Uh, Speed round. Bambi? Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's uh, very good. Yeah. yeah. Very good film. Good, uh, good thumping. Good thumping. Good ice work. Yeah. It's kind of an interesting movie in the sense how much it changed our culture, that film. Like we don't like hunters anymore? Yeah. Mm. That's a real. That was a real change. Oh, interesting. Okay. Because before that, movies didn't really have that element of it. Of you know, we felt sorry for the animals. Right. You know, before that time, you shot animals, and then it was yeah. okay. Theodore Roosevelt. Yeah. We just blow the hell out of an That's animal. Right. And you go, good for you. Yeah. Save one bear. We're gonna make it a teddy bear. Sure. And that movie kind of it it Disneyfied animals for us. So we have yeah. a totally different view of animals now. We view them as little people sure. rather than as you know they livestock. Just, yeah. Also, they weren't the ones just talking to Snow White and singing to her. Yeah. It's like yeah. they got their own story. Sure. All right. Uh, Juno. Yeah, I, I like Juno. That that very upset a friend of mine who was pregnant about the same age as as Juno at the you know uh, back when she was okay. the same age as Juno. Yeah. Uh, just because like uh, it was such a different uh, reaction she got from her parents than the parents there, and she just felt that it was so unrealistic the parents would be that kind of supportive. Okay. And so it was it was hard because like uh, I just know how much the film that film hurt her yeah to see and but, I but we enjoyed it, we saw it together and really yeah, enjoyed I saw, it yeah i really liked it and uh diablo cody was the writer of yeah, that right yeah. who still does pretty good stuff like mm-hmm. i keep forgetting but every so often her name comes up and like yeah uh but i thought yeah it was really well handled and uh played out very well yeah yeah i uh i liked juno quite a bit yeah uh, once again it's uh, when we saw reservoir dogs and i went and i said at least you have to see this movie we went so I, I did the same thing with juno i saw it and i said to the family we have to go see this movie. It is yes. so great, and I, I took them to it. And I think it's it's a is a great film. And yes, the family is supportive, and it's unfortunate that someone would go through a situation like that and not be in a supportive situation. And maybe that is unrealistic. Maybe this kind of film will help. Yeah, in future situations. That's the thing. Like, like maybe this film will help people understand that these things happen, and that it's not the end of the world. Yes. That there are lots of options, and that you know. And by the way, your kids have to grow up. Yeah. And I know it's hard, but that happens. Shit happens. Uh, Boogie Nights. Yeah, uh, it was. It was. It I've seen good. it once. I was you good. Know, I don't so. have a lot of emotional attachment to it. Yeah. Uh, technically, I go like good. Well, because I'm such a fan of uh, Mark, Marky Mark, uh, his penis. 
that I just you know that movie just stands out for me as one of the greatest films ever. It does stand out. Yeah, right. it's 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 uh you know eight out of ten out of his pants. <laughs> okay. It is a good film, and you know like. But you know it's got to it's got to go to bummer levels. You know, well, it's got yeah. like, hey, the 70s were great. Sure. Oh, the 80s are really dark and everything's mm-hmm. sad. Mm-hmm. All right, we're doing that. Well, Fair it enough. certainly is. I mean... It feels like you're paying for the fun. It's based, you know in, a real, I mean? it's based in a real story, though, oh, right? of course so, it you know, is. Of course it is. There's characters in there who are analogs of actual people from yeah. that time period. You can wait things, for so. as long as you want in a story and, and have the sad ending or the happy ending. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. just how time works. Yep. Uh, There's no happy ending. But it's it did, happy stopping it did feel a bit like, you know, hey, people are having sex and having fun and having all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And now you've got to pay. And hey. the 80s will make us all pay. Because cocaine isn't that good for you. You thought it was, but it's not. That's true. You didn't know what the effect would be, but now you're going to learn. Uh, Edward Scissorhands. Yeah. Uh, I think it's okay. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I like it. I like yeah. it fine. Okay. I wouldn't see it again, but no, I liked it at the time. It's okay. Good for Diane Weiss. I think she does a good job. Yeah, she does. Yeah, I just think it's, yeah, I don't see the point. I don't see the thrill of it. Um, Fight Club. Yeah, it's a it's a. Movie. I like Fight Club, Fight Club a lot. Yeah, it's I think a, it's a very right. good film. Yeah, it's fine. It really really fed into my feeling of uh, of fighting you know, in the club. Not fighting in a club. I don't think it's about fighting in a club. That time where you had breasts. And I don't care about it as like a thing about manhood. What I like about it is a thing about. Uh, tearing down corporations so sure. i like that aspect i like the final part of the film where like buildings are falling over and stuff like that which i know ah. is unrealistic but i like the idea of of a movie that a movie for, uh, that kind of drew our attention to consumerism and yeah. and this idea it doesn't of, start where you expect it doesn't end where you expect yeah and what I, you, think you know about and i it was a twist ending for me when i saw it and i thought it was very interesting and i like the weird little trailers they had uh before it where, oh, it, I just, didn't, I don't where it'd be like um i just remember like brad pitt like just directly addressing the audience and and ending with going like you know you're in sterile yeah you can drink it and then it was like fight club it's like what's this about what's mm. this movie gonna be i'm surprised lisa likes it though because when we when i showed it to her and i'd seen it at, at, at david m's and wanted her to see it and so we rented it she fell asleep partway mm. through the movie and so we watched it over two nights and i always felt like oh i totally the kind of the tension and kind of dissipated that it kind of lost its Mm-hmm. But she really likes it, so I'm glad that it still worked for her. Cool. Um, the Birds, the Alfred Hitchcock film. We yeah, talked about I, that last I, week. Or it's hard to ago. yeah, it's hard to uh, distance myself from how uh, how Alfred Hitchcock. Now that I know Alfred Hitchcock treated you know uh, Tibby Hedren, Tibby Hedren yeah. through it, and it was just like so sadistic. Yeah. Which again, you know, The Shining, uh, Kubrick, yeah. very mean to uh, Shelley Duvall as well. They, there's parallels there. I guess. Some, yeah, I mean. I mean, sometimes directors have to do things to get... Do they, though? Them. Do, do they, they have or they could, to? Or they could settle, I guess. Whatever Not you want. Not settle. Whatever There's a want. lot of amazing movies you've seen where the uh, where the director didn't have to torture the actress. You know, they made a choice to do that as yeah. the way to get where they want to go. And yeah. coincidentally, the film ended up really good. Yeah. Not necessarily because they tortured the actress, the film ended up really good. <laughs> I guess you're right. Yeah. Uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Yeah, that's a it's, this is a very good film. Very good I remember film. that was a very disturbing film first time I saw it. Is that right? Yeah. It's oh a, yeah. Yeah, it is a yeah, the idea it's a, like it's a, a, I mean it's disturbing the idea to be in a prison, right? Like a prison film is disturbing, but the idea of being in a mental ward. Yeah. And uh, and like oh wait maybe you'll never get out of this thing mm-hmm. and how would you get out of this yeah, thing? Yeah. And it's like it's even worse. Yeah, it's kind of yeah it's a the shock for for the character when he realizes that he's chosen a much more difficult. Yeah situation for himself that he thought it was gonna be easy street but it's not and it's such a it's an interesting film because it is about a character who sacrifices himself 
for everyone else. Yeah. He brings life to all those characters. It, in a way, it's sort of a Christ story. Yeah, you can go Christ on that. Yeah. It's this, you know, he brings life to all these characters, you know, and, and the movie, of course, ends with, with, uh, I'm going to give it away. If you haven't seen it, sorry, but it gives, ends with Chief throwing the, the water fountain through the, through the window and through the window and escaping. And it's about, and he's crazy. Like if you read the book, he's crazy. He has hallucinations. Yeah. He talks about aliens coming and operating on people and stuff in the, in the book. But, you know, he deserves freedom. Yeah. As well to, to, to Kizi, you know, and it's a, it's an interesting, and, and the take Kizzy. them, take them out on the, on the boat and Danny DeVito there singing, I'm Papa the Sailor Man. Yeah. Just yeah. so sweet. Yeah. 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 Brad Dourif. Yeah. There's quite a few actors yeah. in that film that, yeah. He is. Steve, uh, Steve Durf, I think. Is it Stephen Durf? No, Brad Durf. Brad Durf? You're thinking of Stephen Dorf, who was in uh, Blade. Is the guy I'm thinking about who's also in Animal uh, Animal House? Is he is he in it? Am I thinking of the right guy? No, I don't think so. I'm thinking of the wrong guy. Brad no, Brad Durf. All right. Uh, where am I now? Uh, Mad Max Two, which oh. I think she means the Road Warrior. Yep. Yep. Very good. Better good than film. the first one. Much better uh, than the first one. Yep. Is it better though than the most recent one? Well, I like it a little more because it has more practical effects in it than. The, okay. Yeah. So I always I always enjoy real stunt people doing real sure. things, which they are in that film as well. But yeah. that movie also has CGI to you know control some of the more big agreement. Good stuff. Mad Max Two. Okay. But I also really liked that last one. The Fear Road. That was very good. Very very good. Uh, the Rocky Horror Picture Show. That is not a good movie, everyone. Well, it's not, not a good movie. It's not a movie. It's a great it's a, experience. That's the thing. It's a great experience. If you go to see it in a theater, yeah. if you watch it at home, it's awful. If you go to a theater where they do all the yeah. fun stuff, where they have and people dancing. Uh, everyone's and, sexy and everyone's wearing like, yeah, shorts. Yeah, lingerie and all that stuff. And you get you have your water gun and your newspaper and yeah, your rice right. and your glass of water to throw in someone's face behind you. Yeah. It's great. And after the after the show, you go with your date and you have sex, then yes. But if not, <laughs> it's not uh, it's not as great at home watching it alone. It's yeah. so great. Sorry. A much better film, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Right. You will not have sex after that You will that not film have sex after that film. But that's okay. No. You will have enjoyed the movie very much. Yes. I remember uh, seeing it as a kid and never really, a couple of times and not understanding the ending and going like, is it over? Because mm. the ending is so weird. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's one of the first, I mean, Monty Python was kind of meta, but that Holy Grail is so meta. It takes it takes meta to a whole level like you haven't seen like a movie do like de- you know like deconstruction right in front of you yeah. like that movie does like i know i know it's great to see in a theater obviously that's that's the best way to see it yeah but watching it on tv yeah and having it end in that weird spot yeah and then it just going to a commercial yeah is jarring and <laughs> works very well as well like yeah. the hell yeah it, yeah okay no it is it is very good uh i saw it for some reason at Lougheed Mall mm-hmm. here in Vancouver or in Coquitlam, actually in Burnaby, uh, when I was a kid, I could go there quite easily because the bus went there and they played Monty Python and Holy Grail at this theater, which normally mm-hmm. played like new movies. That's where I saw Raiders of the Lost Ark and, and a lot of other films, Elephant Man. But they played uh, the Holy Grail there and I had not seen it. I was a big Monty Python fan, so I went and saw it a few nights in a row. I went and saw it there and I was just loved that movie so much. It's still probably my favorite Python film just because of it was like like so mind blowing to yeah. see it in the theater and everything. Uh, and the last movie you'll like this one, Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, I got to see that uh, in San Diego. They were uh, showing it before it came out. Uh, I got to talk to Simon Pegg briefly beforehand, which was pretty great. Yeah. Uh, and uh, me and my wife mentioned that we were friends, uh, not friends, that we were fans of uh, Space 
Mm-hmm. And he went, oh, how'd you see it? And it was like, oh, because it showed in Canada. I was like, oh, neat. And uh, and then Edgar Wright went, oh, we got to go. And he told me, oh, okay, I got to go. Sorry. This is Edgar. I was like, hi, how you doing? And I uh, uh. left. And, uh, and my friend uh, Eric was there as well, Eric Fell. And we, uh, I was saying to him, because it was like free tickets to this. And, yeah. and he also had free tickets to Sky Captain and the World of Tomorrow. Ugh. And I said to him, I said to him, he was like, I'm just going to watch half of this and I'm going to go see Sky Captain because I really want to see it. And I said to him, no, you're not. You're going to watch this movie. It's like, yeah, no, I don't think it's really for me. No, I will guarantee <laughs> you will not leave this film yeah. to see Sky Captain in the world of tomorrow because we'd seen space and we knew like what this was yeah, going to yeah, be. Yeah. Uh, and it was like, ah, no, because we were so looking forward to it. Yeah. And then like we sat down, we watched it. And it was so good. And yeah, he did not leave. No, no, leave And and afterwards, uh, Simon Pegg and Edgar Wright ran in, and they had stolen a giant uh, crucifix uh, from like an Exorcist movie that was playing. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. And they were like, just like, we stole this. <laughs> like came in and just answered some questions about yeah, the film. Yeah. But also, one of the best reactions I've ever seen in a movie. Uh, was when uh, one of the characters is getting their guts torn open yeah. and just torn out. It's such a shocking yes, it is. scene. And, it's right out of Dawn of the Dead, everyone. Right. And, and, and the audience is screaming because they were laughing at what it was like. Ha, yeah. ha, 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 and they, they just couldn't take it. Yeah. It was just such a beautiful reaction. Yeah, that's great. Um, yeah, I love that film. As you know, I have trouble with the ending, but I think it's a great film. My favorite, personal favorite Edgar Wright film is, everyone ready for this? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> It's weird. I don't know why I do that. Hot, Baby drop. Hot Fuzz. Okay. <laughs> I like Hot Fuzz. I think Hot Fuzz, as a movie, it has that intricate, crazy intricacy that he loves right. in a film, and the, but uh, just uh, the ending doesn't uh, doesn't falter. Right. Like it does in World, World's End. Which again, and got to see with Simon Edgar Wright and nice. Simon Pegg. That's and, very good. Yeah. Very lucky. After seeing uh, Bullet. I like him a lot. I wish I could talk to him one day. I think I think we would. Who, we could Edgar talk. Wright or Simon yeah, Pegg? Yeah, Edgar Wright. I think we could. Uh, no, Simon Pegg's an actor. You can't talk to actors. They're just, they're he's not also real, a writer. They're not real people. He's a writer. No, no, I'm sure he'd be, should be fine. But no, Edgar Wright. Uh, there's, there's a YouTube channel or thing called uh, Trailers from Hell, where I think it's Joe Dante who does it. And he gets director friends to talk about movies they like, but to, but they just, ha- they just play the old trailer for it. And then they talk about the movie. And so it's kind of fun. So Edgar Wright's done like Suspiria and Bay of Blood and, and things like that. It's sort of movies that he likes. Uh, I was just thinking one of my favorite sci- uh, Edgar Wright films is also Don't. Yes, that is great. <laughs> yes, that was a great moment in uh, Grindhouse. Uh, that's a movie that that's a movie that only works. Those those both those movies in Grindhouse only work in the format of Grindhouse. If you see them outside of that format, they're very disappointing. Not disappointing. Um, uh, the Robert Rodriguez one is disappointing outside of outside of the movie. I think. Because he's just trying to do a trauma film yeah. kind of thing, and it's trauma films are bad, and he's just trying to he's trying to purposely make a bad movie sure. for this thing. Whereas whereas Tarantino kind of cheats because he makes he makes a exploitation film, but he makes a French version of an exploitation film. <laughs> so he cheats it by doing like a super intellectual version of a of a of an exploitation film, because there's no exploitation film that would have the the roadhouse sequence. The long roadhouse sequence with all the talking and stuff like that that really works that builds up the characters makes you hate the girls makes you like Kurt Russell, you know you like hippie chick you don't like the jerks the jerky girls and stuff like that yeah and it takes then it, out the footage fetish scene and then it edits it out <laughs> and then it and then it kicks all that stuff out from under you and leaves yeah. you feeling like a jerk uh, and then you get the the 
the com- the, the great, comeuppance, which the great is, payoff. And that film works. It doesn't work as well in in its long form version because it has a long black and white sequence in a convenience store that really just repeats elements of stuff mm. that's already in the movie that you don't need. So it's just adding. It's just flabbing out the movie. So you get a, you get a lot of fat on it, and you don't. And so it takes you know. So it, it you know. It's a movie should be lean. Both of those movies should be lean. They should be lean, mean fighting machines. Yeah. And by taking them outside of the context, it, they don't work as well. But Grindhouse, as as a as an experience, is fantastic. Yeah. I think. And good on them for doing that. And that has nothing to do with any of the movies here. When I read Lisa's list, I just want to say, when I read Lisa's list, I said to her, "Wow, you have really good taste in movies." <laughs> I gotta say, it's one and of, husbands of the many reasons I love you. This is this has to be one of them. Oh, that's is that great. we we uh, share so many. Th- so so much taste together. Well, let's see what Dave thinks about your taste in movies. Yes, <laughs> send us this. We got a couple. We got a couple loaded up. Yeah, we do have a couple loaded uh, but, uh, up. But uh, but uh, we still that. would like to hear from you. How do you do that? Well, you go to sneakydragon.com and you uh, you you write them in our message board there, or you can email us at sneakyd at sneakydragon.com. Yeah, sneakyd at sneakydragon.com. You can go to Twitter. You won't. No one does. But sneaky underscore dragon. And be prepared. You might have to justify your choices. We're not just gonna. We're not just gonna no. let you make your choices. Dave's and, not in love with everybody who makes a list. Uh, we're also <laughs> at uh, Tumblr, so sneaky. Yeah, hey, uh, I said it in like Edward Scissorhands. Sneaky, sneakydragon.tumblr.com. Uh, here's uh, the other list of plugs of things that we are plugging. Uh, Dave and I did a book along with Nina Matsumoto. It's called Sparks. It's uh, out by uh, Scholastic Graphics. You, you left Lines. off the wonderful Nina Matsumoto. I did say Nina. I know, but you left off the wonderful. Oh, and also the wonderful Nina Matsumoto. Yeah. Uh, Nina drew it. I wrote it. Uh, Dave colored it. And it is in uh, your bookstores uh, now. Uh, people who have read it seem to like it. We've had yes. pictures of children smiling and holding said book. We know adults as well that have liked said book. That's right. Uh, that was a nice thing when we were in, uh, we were just in New York. Uh, uh, Pia's writer on Why the Last Man, Brian K. Vaughn. Yes. Uh, his, uh, his child uh, picked up the book on their own. And uh, it was like one of their favorite books. Oh, that's and, nice. Uh, and then he said, "Oh, I know that author," and they were impressed. <laughs> so that was uh, that was a nice thing. <laughs> that is nice. Yeah, that's very rare. You can say that as a parent and have your child be impressed. Ta da! Uh, we uh, my my wife Pia has a book coming out uh, October eighth called "Me the People." It is her editorial cartoons uh, that have been in the nib and other places, and it's really good. It's coming out from Image. It will be in bookstores yes. and comic stores. She does wonderful. Wonderful cartoons. There's, she really does. They are so heartfelt and so well well cra- yeah. crafted. They're amazing. Sometimes you'll laugh. Sometimes you'll cry. Uh, yes. And uh, we also are still doing stuff for The New Yorker, me and her. So pick up copies of The New Yorker and we might have a cartoon in there. Also, uh, I've got a book called Exorcisters uh, coming out, a comic book. When? Uh, it's in October. October or something. Uh, and near <laughs> the end of October. Uh, we're going to have... To a- sort of to uh, help promote Halloween? Yes, we're going to help, uh, trying to help promote Halloween. Good. Uh, and, uh, Giselle Legacy is the artist on that. Uh, I am the writer and it, uh, it's looking really good. Really yes. Good. What I've and seen, you, what I've seen looks great. And also, if you look at the fourth issue mm? cover, you might see Sneaky Dragon shirt on yeah, the cover. That's great. Pretty I'm, good. Thank you, Giselle. Little, uh, little sneaky sneaky in the sneaky, <laughs> in the sneaky peaky. It's nice. So, uh, yeah, those are things, uh, you might want to get. Also, I'm still doing a critical hit show, uh, last Wednesday of the month. At the Rio Theater here in Vancouver, so come and say hi if you want to come and say hi. I'm can doing I do, this, I, this month. Cool, cool. That's great because you missed last month, right? I did, yes. Uh, but this month uh, I will uh, be on board and I will be jet lagged because I'm going to Madrid uh, next week. Oh, so cool. I'm going to be all a mess. I'm going to try and make it this time. That'd be swell. Try so hard. Um, I'll be sleepy. I just want to 
promote something. Please. Um, just want to say Star that... Star Wars. Ian and I do a podcast called Sneaky Dragon. Mm-hmm. And uh, we would really like you guys to listen to it. Uh, it's a kind of a, you know, happy-go-lucky kind When of... would you say we peaked? <laughs> when would I say we peaked? We have not peaked yet, sir. <laughs> Peaking is a long way off. We are still... I don't know what climbing. we're doing. We're still climbing. <laughs> we're still... We're still... It's heavy lifting. By the way, uh, please enjoy the shows that we do here at Hell Kitty Studios right now because we'll probably be moving locations soon oh. to the house that I'm talking about Oh, uh, because uh, we'll probably be uh, doing that. So if you're going to go listen to episodes later, well, you'll be like, too, yeah, it sounds very housey. Yeah, you'll be sounds- too far away from the office really to discuss. It's for it to be part of your right, your like your possibly, yeah. We'll see how we'll yeah. see how things go, but okay. more than likely, uh, we're gonna set up a little space in there, and we're gonna be uh, all kind of housey, and you'll be like, be it sounds like uh, he's drinking a cup of tea while he's doing this. Well, sounds like he just had something. Because I I looked up your address on uh, Google Maps because I wanted to see exactly where you were. Sure. Uh, I know that it would be shorter for me to drive there <laughs> than it is to here. So. <laughs> oh, good. I'm glad. So to that hear would that. be that would be nice. Excellent. I'm not I'm not opposed to it. And there's a, there's a pretty good uh, hot dog restaurant nearby. It sure is. But I would miss a bookstore and a comic book store underneath us. You're me. still allowed to go me there. Me to drop into. Nothing stops you from I doing know, that. I know, but, you know, it wouldn't be part of the life cycle of that's going right. here, you know. We're going to change our lifestyle. We're going to change our lifestyle. See how that's, it goes. That's fine. Uh, change is good. The show will suddenly get much better. Change is, what I predict. change is not only good, it's inevitable. So you might as well go along with it. And it's heavy in your pocket. There you go. That's Dave with his nickels and dimes talk. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. I've been Ian Booth B. I put in my 10 cents. Thanks, no everyone. No quarter ass, none given. <laughs> You're a loony. Enough of this nonsense. Only one of us is a dad, yet we both do the jokes. <laughs> I usually end up cutting off my pie.